You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. So Curtis, tell me how this yep. has happened. We we've been through our like best case and worst case scenarios for what we thought was going to play out in the New Japan Cup, but somehow, what I thought was my worst case scenario by the end of where we got to wasn't even my worst case scenario anymore. Somehow, in the face of all adversity and things that have happened. I've become a Sonata fan, and I don't know what's happened. <laughs> I don't even know how in 2022 I'm going to turn around and say to you right now that I think Sonata and Evil were my MVPs of this tournament, and that is oh. fucking crazy for me to does say. It sound dirty? Does it sound dirty in, it your, sound, in your mind when you it say it? It does sound dirty because even when they were cool, I didn't like them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I hated them as a tag team. I hated all their tag team runs. I thought they were boring. Um, I've always felt like Sonata's had things missing. I've always thought Evil's had a cool aesthetic, but, you know, he's never really done it, you know, for me in the ring or anything like that. But if you, like, look at what's happened over the course of, like, at least that side of the bracket, they've them and their squads, I guess, you know, have sort of been instrumental in how things have happened. I don't even hate House of Torture after this. House of Torture was so important to this tournament. And I'm just left going, what the, what the fuck has happened to my life? And the 180 I've taken on Sonata after two matches is fucking crazy. And <laughs> it's just left me shook how... I, I mean, we can break those down in detail when we come to them, but how are you feeling about those two particular wrestlers after this tournament? Well, what I'd like to do first is actually just kind of invite people into the show. Hey, what's going on? I'm Curtis. This <laughs> oh, is mean, the Akana uh, Shorts podcast. <laughs> hey. You're listening to the, uh, the dulcet tones of uh, Rafe Houston. How are you doing, Rafe? I am good. Thank you very much. It's uh, 5.18 a.m. in uh, dark Perth, Western Australia at the moment. And uh, I'm getting through it, but uh, the the powers of New Japan are propelling me forward. That's right. And, and the powers of we, the kings of pod style, the international grand pricks here on the Okada Shorts podcast. Now, let's, let's talk about Sonata for a few minutes. Now, you're saying you're a Sonata fan, but you also told me just a, just a little while ago that you think that there's still room for improvement. Absolutely. So, so where, where do you think he still needs to to up, you know, pull up his socks and get get back to work. Right. So Sonata for me has always like had the the look, I guess, and I could see why everybody was sort of high on him. And there is like a little bit 
of a charisma there and stuff. But I felt like in the ring, because I don't know whether it was the cold skull persona or whether he just wasn't kind of there, I felt like there was never any emotion from him, you know? And as a result, I could never engage with him or or be into what he was doing. I'm like, well, if this guy doesn't give a fuck, why do I? Was how I sort of mm-hmm. looked at it. And I've also, I've always felt like he's been a bit clunky and stiff, you know? Like, even the moonsault he does doesn't, like, flow like a beautifully arcing moonsault. He's sort of just very stiff and sort of, you know, goes over, you know? And so... I was kind of like, this piece is there and his look is sort of, he's been adapting and he's changing stuff, probably not frequent enough for kind of like what I would like. And I was like, oh man, where are we going with this? And then he won the US title and I haven't seen that match yet, but I was like, looks good with the belt, that's something. And then mm-hmm. comes his New Japan Cup match against Hanare. Now, this is, you know, probably maybe the first big sort of headline night spot for Hanare. I think he did one with Shingo before, but, you know, kind of a bigger spot for him and, and one where he's now, you know, you know, his new self, you know, the ultimate weapon kind of uh, United Empire Hanare. And I was really interested to see what would happen when he was given that spot. Um, and I, I really enjoyed the match, man. And I was seeing those of emotions out of Sonata, like he's screaming and stuff and like, Hanare, when he hits that rampage, um, you know, spear just looks so brutal. And it finishes, and I was like, man, that was good. Like, I enjoyed that. I was invested. I kind of wanted Hanare to pick up a win because I was like, oh, that would be cool if he got a U.S. title shot. Mm-hmm. Sonata wins, and normally he does that thing with, you know, the lights turn off and they turn on the phones. And I the thought light, the light off stuff is ace shit. It is ace that shit. That is so good. But at first, it when he first started doing it, it felt a little bit contrived. Like, oh, yeah, we've seen other people do this. Maybe we'll do it and it'll give him something. But over time, he's sort of fallen into it. You know what I mean? He's a little bit more casual mm-hmm. about it, and he sort of sits down like and like he's kneeling there and, and sort of embraces it a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then... Hmm? No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and then he turns around and speaks English directly into my ears and my heart. And I was like, listen to his soothing voice. And I was like, what a cutie was how I felt. (laughs) I was like, oh, he's so charming and thing. Maybe I'm finally getting what everybody is getting about him. Um, And, and I was like, man, after that and him trying so hard and just the entire match, you know what it was? It felt like for the first time in watching New Japan for so long and seeing him wrestle so many times, it was the first match I genuinely thought he gave a fuck about it. I felt like he cared about the match, and I felt like he cared about relating to the fans, both English and Japanese. And I was like, he wants to be here. Let's fucking go, was how I felt after that first match. Yeah, and I think I think no one's ever doubted that Sonata has charisma no one's ever doubted that sonata has talent they the idea is that a lot of people think that he's got that character of i don't give a fuck you know i'm too cool for this and people were thinking that that character that he's playing you know leads him to having boring matches because it makes it seem like he doesn't care like the orange cassidy in aew has that same sort of character of i'm too cool for this i don't care 
but there is a point in his matches where you can see that he does actually give a shit and he is trying. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people just didn't reach that level with Sonata. And then there are a lot of people that have, man, he's, he's huge with so many people and, and Sonata fans will tell you that they are fucking Sonata fans, dude. Mm-hmm. Like they, they'll go, they'll go all the time for, for uh beautiful and, and say a Sonata. I never got it. I mean, besides like kind of, you know, image and things like that. I was like, Oh, fucking virus threat. Grow up computer. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um, cut that! Cut that! Cut that! Yeah, cut the, that. the lovely people at uh, Canat Network are going to take care of that. Um, but yeah, I I I never engage with my pro wrestlers. I need more than that. You know what I mean? And I would argue when you talk about Orange Cassidy, I, I think the entire point of his character is that he does give a fuck, but he sort of pretends not to to throw his competitors off balance. They then yeah. start to play his game, and then he picks up the pace on them. But anyway, we're not talking about Orange Cassidy. Um, we're not talking about Orange Cassidy because that's not New Japan Pro Wrestling. That is not New Japan Pro Wrestling. This isn't Khan shorts, <laughs> Tony Khan shorts. This is uh, this is Okada shorts. Um, but I also then looked at like Sonata's run of matches, and he, he's had some amazing ones, and he's had you know title matches with Okada and stuff that I'm like. This was fucking boring, and oh yeah, to me Okada's the worse best. Than, and I'm like, if n- if he can't get a good match out of this guy, nobody can. <laughs> Nothing was worse than his his G1 final against Kota Ibushi. That was just oh my god, it was like 38 minutes, and I was just clawing my eyes out. Yeah, I've never I've never wanted to turn off a G1 final before. Yeah, he's. Was, I I remember one spot in that match. It's a G1 final. I remember one spot in that yeah, match. That, and I know the spot you mean at the end, and it was fucking killer. But that was, you know, I was like, man, if these guys can't get something out of him, then maybe it's just not there to give, you know. And, and then, that was my that was my problem with Aaron Hanari. I, I was like, I love Aaron Hanari. I don't know if Aaron Hanari is the guy to pull that out of Sonata, and he fucking did, man. Yeah. I, I was concerned, and I was like, Sonata's, you know, he's the champ, he's going into it, maybe he's going to try and lead this. But I knew, like, I I know Hanare, like, I know he can work. I've seen him work, like, in Perth here, you know what I mean, with local guys and stuff. I know he's got a lot of fire in him, and I he's one of the most driven wrestlers on that roster, you know what I mean? And I was like, I wonder if he's got kind of, I, I don't know, the, I know the pull to to get that out of Sonata. But by the time that was done, I was like, the the greatest compliment I can give to Hanare is that like, he got that match out of Sonata, you know? And so Absolutely. I was, I was left going, okay, there's something to this. There's something to this. May, maybe we can do something with Sonata. Then we come to the match with Osprey and, you know, Osprey's talking all that shit at the start. I wasn't going to break this down until we got to it, but fuck it. Uh, and he, you know, he's like, "You ready for a? You ready for a good match?" And blah blah blah. You know, you're going to take you to greatness and all, all this stuff like that. But it, and the the match was good and it was going well. And I was like, "Man, he's hanging with him and stuff." But it wasn't until the injury that then I really knew he wanted it. You know what I mean? Because the injury was very evident when, uh, for those who haven't seen it. Osprey does like a standing moonsault uh, onto Sonata. Sonata puts up his knees, you know, to defend against it. But what ends up happening is they kind of knee each other in the face. Osprey not yeah, they so end much. up in like a sixty-nine position yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. And like Osprey not as much, but Sonata's like Osprey's knee goes directly in Sonata's 
base. For those who don't know, he's like broken his orbital bone, yeah? And you can even see when he like rolls over, you can see his his eyes immediately swollen, like his face is mm-hmm. swollen and they're both down and you can see them audibly talking and you can see red shoes, you know, come down and he's checking on them and stuff. And I'm like, they're going to need to wrap this the fuck up because that's like really bad. But they go on to have like quite a brutal ending. So Nahida not only after that puts him in the skull end, which is a good way to buy time, but then does a moonsault while dealing with that, then takes like a hidden blade, and then they, and I don't know whether it was an audible or whatever, they're like, well, maybe instead we'll, people know he's injured, so maybe we'll do like a, you know, it's a stoppage finish, but Will stiffly elbows him in the back of the head while his face is on the mat, his injured side of his face is on the mat while he's elbowing him in, you know, the back of the head until Red Shoe stops it. And it goes on for quite a while. And I'm like, just stop it. Just stop it. Yeah. And I was too, like, too far, amazing. too long for us for a stoppage finish. It was far too long, far too long, but that led to it even more. You know what I mean? Cause you know that Sonata is pushing through it because he wants the end of the match to be good. And so again, right. it, it then made, it then convinced me that he wanted to be there. You know, sometimes injuries in wrestling can be a good thing, and that sounds horrible to say, but they serve a place. Everybody gets injured, and if somebody's made that sacrifice, if they can make it into something, whether in the match or how somebody re-debuts or something like that, that you could argue like, and maybe we'll do it as a topic on the show another time like greatest injuries in wrestling or whatever, because there's some that have been very important to how people's careers have played out. And I messaged you, I was like, do you know how long he's going to be out for? Because that time period off could be crucial for him in how he comes back and how they play it and how they talk about it and commentary into giving him even more legitimacy, you know? Uh, so I, I haven't heard anything about a timetable. I uh, New Japan doesn't usually give anything like that. I mean, broken bones can be anywhere from you know four weeks to you know, uh, depending on uh, if it's going to deal with the, an eyesight issue or anything like that. It could take a, a lot longer. Um, at at this point, who knows what their schedule is? You know where he would fit in with a re-debut. Um, I. I no one, no one really knows, and it's really sad because he, like you said, he was he was pulling his weight really well for those all of his what was it three matches this yeah. uh, this tournament, all of them were pretty good, and yeah, really really was feeling it. Um, do you do you think that Will Osprey was meant to be the winner here, or did uh, that did, was the audible called there? I I don't know because they've done. They've done such a good job with everything Osprey from that point. You know what I mean? But maybe it wasn't yeah. audible because how he lost to Zach was also kind of like weird and on the fly and and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that was them probably playing into it. But then he's done such great work on social media, like, you know, demanding Red Shoe's license be revoked and like slowing down the footage of his supposed tap and everything like that. So if those were always the plan like of a way for him to go out, they played into it perfectly. If they did Absolutely. call an audible, then it that's amazing pro wrestling. But um, whether the finish was supposed to be that 
blunt force trauma stoppage, or they called that on the fly, like because they're like, we don't want to risk doing a stormbreaker or whatever on him, you know. But I mean, they did the hidden blade, and then he kicked out, and then they went to the the kind of like stoppage. So, you know, maybe that was always kind of a plan, but I don't know. Maybe they wanted to the moment he was actually legit injured and they would have known he was legit injured. They're like, maybe let's put him out. You know what I mean? Air quotes. Yeah. Like Osprey goes too far. Sonata is now out to give him time to recover. And then we can do something afterwards when he comes back. Who knows? And that you was, know what I mean? that's I don't what know. Will that's was saying. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Will was, Will was giving that in his, uh, in his backstage interviews. He was saying like, my knee didn't break Sonata's face. It was my elbow, you know? So, I mean, that could be a, a great program. If, if you get Sonata coming back in a big spot, that could be a really nice program because you've got the United States champion versus the Rev Pro British heavyweight champion. That could be cool. Yeah. Belt for belt, you know, that sort of thing. And if he, you know, he needs a little bit of time away or whatever, a few weeks, whatever, even a couple of months and they, they keep it on him, you know, uh, they can, you know, build up some steam behind him and he can come in and maybe change things up a little bit. And that that's the final piece of the puzzle that I, I mentioned to you that you alluded to is I think that's one of the main things that's missing for him. It's just a, a finisher, like a new finisher. I don't think the, the Scullin's fine. Everybody can have a submission and stuff, but I don't think the Moonsault is devastating or done particularly well or look partic- looks particularly cool. When he finishes people with the moonsault, like he did Hanaro, they were having such a brutal match, and then he does that, just a single moonsault sort of thing, and it ends, it just seems, people do moonsaults a hundred times a match, you know what I mean? Like, I can't believe that his stiff, awkward-looking moonsault is more devastating than anybody (laughs) else's, you know? So, like, I think if he had some, (laughs) what's that? Well, the, the problem is the moonsault is a tribute to uh I know what it's Keiji a tribute Muto. to. That doesn't mean it's any more effective than That's anything fair. The power of Keiji Muto is not coursing through his veins at that point. Like, I don't think. Do you think that Sonata needs a great Muda character? Do we need a great Sonato? You're saying he comes back like a like he's injured and... Demon Sonata. Like a fucking Alistair Black, Black shit all over that side of his face and change it up. Yeah, and he, he goes, he, he's the the great Muda version of, of Keiji Muda, Keiji Muto, you know, like he, he comes out and he's he's a, a demon version of Sonata and then does like new moves and actually tries and gives a shit. And I don't fucking hate it now that you say it. I hadn't thought about it. I was just thinking a new finisher, some kind of brutal driver or powerbomb, but something that he can not fuck up, which should be good. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, Anything could help, you know what I mean? But the more, I think he's on the right track. He's starting to put the pieces together for me, finally. That's great. That's great news, man. Mm-hmm. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, it's it's awesome when you can when you can look at somebody and go like, I like this now. There's There's been plenty of times where I've been, you know, I mean, the last two years, we've all kind of looked at Yoshihashi and gone, we like this now. You know, like the entire, like everyone. There are people who were into Yoshihashi before, and and that's great. But most of us just kind of looked at him like a, like he was a jerk, and and now he's someone who we can all get behind. That he's in our boys' stable now. But I'm hoping that Watto turns the corner like that. I really want Watto to do better. I want I want to I want to unabashedly have a moment for Watto where I go, "This is great." Yeah, 
I, I don't we'll, see it we'll coming, but I didn't I, see one ever coming for Yoshihashi either. Yeah, exactly. But see, Wado's had those moments as a young lion, right? So I could see right. them coming around again. I never saw Yoshihashi as a young lion. I don't know if he also looked nervous and confused and everybody was like, I don't know about this fucking new young lion. I, he looks very scared. I don't know if he's going to do anything. Well, he still looked like a fucking dork, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, even I mean, now he looks like he a still fucking looks like dork. A fucking... I don't care if you can pop your pecs at Jeff Cobb. Like, it doesn't matter. You still look ridiculous. So, But, you know, we all love him because he tries hard. So, Yeah, he sure does. Yeah, exactly. So let's let's run down a couple yeah, of Yeah, let's matches. do it. I won't uh, go on a tirade about evil yet. I'll wait till we come to him naturally. So, yeah, Oh, we got yeah. plenty to say about evil yeah, so as far. The, as the organized member of the podcast, please put us back on track. <laughs> so we talked about the first night of the new Japan cup already. Uh, let's, let's continue on with night two, which was Sunday, March 6th from Fukushima. And that the new Japan cup matches for that were our boy, Aaron Hanare taking on Yudo Nakashima, the young lion. Um, it was eight minutes and 40 seconds. He beat him with a rampage tackle. Did you, uh, get any, any notes from this match? Um, it was like a real, like, hard hitting sort of like they were playing on like the striking vibes of both guys, you know, both guys have legitimate mm-hmm. sort of fighting backgrounds. You know, I believe the, the young lion has, you know, MMA training and stuff like that. And Hanare has done like a lot of kickboxing and, and things. And so, so it was a real strike heavy match, but uh, I mean, whenever it's a young lion match like that, especially in a tournament, um, despite the combatants, I can only be so invested because I just know how it's going to go. You know what I mean? The the young lion doesn't have a point, but it was a real good showcase of what he can potentially offer, uh, a real good showcase of Hanare strikes and stuff. And that rampage is just brutal, man. Like, that's it really the, is. That's like I'm, the best I'm, spear going. Like It's so good. I'm really digging uh, Yudo Nakashima. I think he's. Uh, I think he's got a great look. He's, he's huge. The dude is yeah. just yoked, right, for a young lion. And uh, I think he's got a great energy about him. He looks like someone who could literally like punch your face off, which is great. He does. So, he's got um, he's got like a real sort of mean look to him. Like you can definitely see him looking legitimate when it's all said and done. For sure. Uh, the next match was Zack Saber Jr. versus Ryohei Oiwa, who is uh, my current favorite young lion. He beat him in ten minutes and thirty five seconds with a heel hook. I love the idea of any young lion mixing it up with Zack Sabre Jr. Just because you, you get to learn so much from Zack Sabre Jr. I, I don't know. I've never been in the ring myself personally, but I'd imagine that if you're in the ring with someone like Zack Sabre Jr., you can't help but have greatness rub off on you. Yeah, absolutely. You're going to learn so much and and learn so much that not a lot of wrestlers can teach you. You know what I mean? You're not often in there with somebody of that sort of uh, like wrestling submission acumen, you know? So mm-hmm. that that's going to be awesome. And I, I thought it was uh, like a pretty good match, lots of fire uh, from Oiwa. Uh, but yeah, again, you just know how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, really at this point, all you're looking for is for the young lion to show you something fun, yeah. to show and a little fire, to show, show potential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and which both uh, guys the... do. It's looking like yeah. a really good crop, like a new young lion, I think. Definitely, definitely. Uh, the eighth match, the final match for that night was uh, Will Ospreay versus Bushi. Uh, Ospreay won with the Hidden Blade. Uh, these two have pretty good chemistry. Uh, Bushi doesn't really put on his working boots very often, but I think he had him on for this. Uh, it was a good, fun match. Uh, we've seen them uh, before in, uh, I believe it was Hiromu's re-debut 
2019, at the very end of 2019. Really, really fun match between uh, Will Ospreay and Bushi. Uh, well, it was between really like much- Will Ospreay, Bushi, and like four referees as well. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> they they, they used the, the entire staff of. <laughs> so get me I, another I referee. That- I think that they knew they knew there was only so much that those two were, would be able to do, and they were just like, "We gotta, we gotta figure this out. We gotta add like ten minutes to this." Yeah. So yeah, as far yeah, as it, like Will can drop headlining matches all day, but Bushi's only got so much. Like you can only take off so many layers of costume for so long. You can only strangle somebody with your t-shirt so many times in a match like there's only so many things you can do and so many tricks you can do so uh i I think they did a good job and i I think both guys looked good like bushi got like a lot in this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like it it could have just been you could have done osprey versus bushi and had it be like okada versus wato and just had him wipe him out and nobody would even bat an eyelid but i'm i'm glad they did because like bushi does have a lot of fans you know so I think I think we're sounds like we're thumbs up on that on that night then. Yeah, I th- I thought it was a pretty fun fun night for sure. Good times. So shorts shorts uh, shorts up. Yeah, for those. exactly. Like I, That's good. We'll we'll workshop this. We'll workshop this. <laughs> well, our rating system like <laughs> it's either shorts it's, uh, or it's best. pants. It's shorts. <laughs> it was shorts. That yeah. was shorts. There we go. Yes, I love it. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, the next night was uh, March seventh in Tokyo at the Oda City General Gymnasium. Uh, the first, <laughs> the first, Jesus, I just saw the, I just saw the note. The new, the first new Japan cup match for that uh, was Chase Owen versus Giotto. Um, and moving on. The <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was rough though. I got to say bit um, like the, the stuff that they do in later matches with Giotto. I've, I've softened on old Giotto. He's just loyal and staying to his boys. He's a big baby face now. I, I like Giotto. Yeah, that was it. Was really nice to see Giotto say like, "No, no, I'm one of the gorillas." Yeah, I loved it. I loved, <laughs> he's just fucking wasting dudes with his game. We'll talk about that when that match comes around. But I loved that mm-hmm. he was like, "No, I'm with him." Like, because when he came out with Tama, I was like, "Oh, for sure, this is an immediate betrayal." But I love that he just hung with his boys. So yeah, I've got a soft spot spot for Giotto. Uh, this match, you know, was what it was. Chase played it like he didn't want to you know, beat him and cheat and stuff like that. But obviously we know where that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match was Ryusuke Taguchi versus evil. Of course, evil wins with evil, evil wins with evil, evil wins with uh, evil. And uh, we evil. almost got the, everything is Taguchi here. Like he, uh, he came out as <laughs> LIJ evil, which was ridiculous. That was great. Um, I wish, I wish we would have gotten a, a good bit, a uh, picture of Milano collection, AT just popping for, for Elijah Evil. Yeah, if, if he had evil the little fan back and stuff like that, like he used to when real Evil That came. would have been great. That was one of like the, the, when Evil turned and like the heartbreak, like on Milano's face, like he was so upset uh, when Evil turned. It was a great piece of uh, character work. <laughs> it really, really was. I felt so bad. Like, I, I didn't care. I, I was like, I don't give a shit, man. And then I, the, the saw Milano being like, you let me down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was what got me. That was what got me. Uh, the next, the next match that took place after those two that we you could easily skip was one that I think was uh, a lot better than I've seen a lot of people on the internet give it credit for, and that was Hiromu versus Show. 
Uh, Hiromu won with an inside cradle after 15 minutes and some odd. And uh, I think these two have really good chemistry. Um, like you've been saying, the the House of Torture bullshit has, it's really come into its own lately. People have been, you know, the good guys have figured it out and it still works some of the time, but some of the time you're, you're going to get those good guys that are going to be able to overcome finally. So. And it, it almost like, I don't know, like, like it's a hard one because everybody was really down on House of Torture for obvious reasons because it felt samey and wing and stuff like that. But there is something to be said now that we're sort of on the other side of it and we're seeing sort of the fruits of that, that in this era we live in of like smart fans and popular heels and nobody can be a real heel, it's almost like they were like, we just need to make them fucking annoying so people actually legit hate them and then they become real heels, people want them to go away and then when our guys start beating them, people will care. I remember... Kevin Kelly said on the Super J cast, shout out Joel and Damon, uh, that he's like, the good guys just need to start fighting back. And at the time I was like, yeah, they do, but it would help if it wasn't shit, like kind of thing. But but now, (laughs) but he was 100% right. And now that you're seeing, you know, guys get the better of them, that's when when I started this podcast, I was saying that, that they did so well and I was left feeling like some of these guys were the MVPs of my tournament and it was for that reason because they finally you know were getting the better of them and stuff and shows a great wrestler but he's been you know doing that stuff and really leaning into it to make sure people hate him and so when he gets beaten and when the wrench doesn't work out and when the other guys aren't effective and stuff like that you're left going fuck yeah they they got it and it's very rare in this day and age of like modern wrestling that I get that feeling because I am a smart fan. I guess you'd say I usually kind of know the way things are going to go and I want to be surprised by my wrestling and I want things to work. And I was so conditioned for like fucking two years of boring house of torture finishes that I was like, Oh no, this is going to go. And then I'm like, Oh, he got it. Like, you know what I mean? And so uh, yeah, there's something to be said for it. You know what you're saying right now? The same stuff you were saying you know, however long ago about a condition for two years of boring money clip finishes. Yes. And then when he finally hits it, when he finally hits a rainmaker, it, it brought it back. So that, that's what they, yeah, that's exactly what they were doing. They were saying, Oh man, these guys are at it again. Oh no. And then the first time we see somebody finally figure that bullshit out and, and solve the puzzle, uh, you know, solve the Rubik's cube. Yeah of house of torture. Uh, that's a little bit complicated for them. Solve the, solve the little kindergarten puzzle. Yeah. That yeah. is the, uh, the house it's, of torture. It's kind of crazy because the, the guts it takes to see stuff like that through, especially in today's like era, you know what I mean? Is really ballsy because fans will turn off and you're in a time where, you know, thing COVID's happening things are limited, you know, like it It just shows like New Japan is such like a traditional staunch company. They're like, this is what we're doing and we're seeing it through. You know what I mean? They don't jump with fads and stuff. They just, it's why they're so solid all the time. And, and it's just left me going, I just got to keep having faith in this company because they, yeah. it always pays off in the end. You know? Yeah, sure does. 
Uh, speaking of paying off, uh, the final match of this night was Shingo versus Tomohiro Ishii Ooh. in a, a hell of a big boy battle. Uh, 23 minutes, 32 seconds with Last of the Dragon. Shingo Takagi advances. Oh, man, did I love this fucking match. Dude, they, I mean, they're two of my favorites. But when they're versed before, I haven't always felt like those matches have lived up to what I sort of expected from them. Like, I remember there's a couple, I was like, oh, that was a little bit flatter than I thought. But this one, man, was an absolute banger. For just like a first round match, they absolutely killed it. Also, did you see that um, made in Japan? I could have sworn. I, I thought Evil landed. Oh, sorry, Evil. Just, just think about nothing but evil. But uh, um, I th- thought Ishii <laughs> like, almost landed on his head. Hey, I mean, it wouldn't matter because he's got no neck, but it was like, very close. That camera angle was crazy. Oh, it was, it was a great match. Everything looked fucking mean, dude. It, everything just had extra bite to it. I say bite because it's the stone pit bull, obviously. No, man, they were dropping bombs absolutely killing it and and everything had so much force behind it that it was just they they broke the walls in that place it was like superman and doomsday fighting and you know that one punch they throw and all the glass around them shatters and i don't know if you've read the comic anyway uh it's 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 great because every lariat that they were throwing every punch every slap every chop oh just shudders had some meat on the bones we have a special mention for like Shingo's right jab as well. It's like one of my favorite. He's when he does that punch, he's just too. so sick and so fast every time. And also, oh, he, I just love it. Oh, yeah. Kevin Kelly, straight right. Yeah, I love you it. UConn Lariat. Oh. I love it. And <laughs> get, Shingo's just like his confidence now is through the roof. Like the little winks at the camera and pointing at it and the yells and the flexes and stuff. He's just feeling himself and he's just at the absolute top of his game, eh? Megastar. Yeah, Megastar. Megastar Shingo Takagi. Yeah, he's fucking so awesome. And he he's had a bit of a rough run in this tournament, like as far as who he drew, but he made the best of them, of course, and then got to the, some banger matches. So we'll keep on. We'll talk about them when they come because I keep going off on tangents. But, but For, yeah, sure. He's, For sure. Uh, he's the fucking one, man. Like I, I find it hard to think of a wrestler like that I enjoy his matches consistently more than this. No matter who it is. Sometimes Absolutely. I'm like, oh, I'm not even pumped to watch him and, and Tunga Loa or whatever. And then I watched it this morning at, you know, 4.30 while I was waiting for us to start this. And I was like, what a fucking bagger. Like, he's just, he's just killer, right? He's so good. He's just so good. And he's been good for literally like decades. He's just, he's just a mad, mad scientist when he comes to putting his matches together. Yeah. He's so good. He's so good. Uh, so what do we think of this this night? The Chase Giotto, Rosuke, uh, Taguchi, and Evil. Does that bring down the awesomeness that um, was Show Hiromu and look, it, Shingo and Ishii? It did, but Shingo and Ishii were so good. I'm still giving the the night a short because all right, because right. that was a fucking. I would sit through both of those matches again in a second to rewatch Shingo and Ishii. Yeah, that's one of my, I would say, probably my favorite matches so far this tournament. If I if I had to pick five matches for this tournament, that might be that might be in yeah. the top five. And see, that's another thing as well. I didn't really go. We were talk about Taguchi. I didn't really go uh, in on evil that much. Again, another guy that I was like, can this guy just fucking give me a good match or what? But even with Taguchi, I thought it was good. I thought he was working really hard this tournament. I'm like, 
okay, maybe Evil can start to carry some matches now because I was like, if he doesn't have the right opponent, he can't look good. And again, it was good. And Evil wasn't super dominant in this tournament, but he he served his purpose perfectly. Like all the Mm -hmm. building they did, giving him the titles, all the credibility they did is now paying off when he puts these dudes over when he has to have people cheat to beat them and stuff like that because he's not good enough, but they are. Like, that is where his value is now, and it's it's awesome. And it pays off so well when we get to his final match of the tournament. We'll get there soon. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's keep going. The, but yeah, the next I'm giving night that was, night of shorts because fucking Shingo and Ishii are the best. Shit, yeah, it was. Uh, March 9th uh, in Tokyo, Currican Hall, we had... Ugh. Hiroki Goto and Dick Togo. Oof. Start of the second round. What'd you think of that match? Yeah, I would be lying <laughs> if I said I paid attention for one second in this match. I know I was there. I know it was on the TV, but I think I was just looking at my phone. Like, I I, co- yeah. I couldn't even tell you. Can you tell me anything about it? I, I know Goto won, uh, and that's good. But yeah. Yeah, Goto won, and I didn't give a single fuck. So, yeah, pants. pants. Um, moving on. The next match was uh, Shima versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru. Uh, won by, of course, Meteora. I mean, that's how she, that's what, like 60% of Shima's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I liked this one. Uh, I think Kanemaru is, he's such a fun like heel especially it's it's even funner to see the like sneaky like bullshit heel stuff that he does now that they're they're tweeners mm-hmm. he's just he's one of those crazy uncle wrestlers who uh you know he can he can get one of those wins at any time but he's so much fun to watch for just the like bullshit that he pulls off and you love him for every second of it his shenanigans are fun and cheeky whereas the <laughs> hot shenanigans for so long have been so Tragic uh, and know, sad. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so tragic. Yeah, it, it was good. I I still think Shima's probably my least favorite Strongheart. Like, I kind of wished it was any of the others and not him, you know, but I know why it was. You know what I mean? He's the guy that's been around for ages. I believe these two have history, right? Like, they are, are rivals from the past. So I think... This match had history in it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think Kevin Kelly mentioned something about that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think they were like because I know Kanemaru in his past, I believe it was was like super dominant, like junior heavyweight, you know, for a while, like mm-hmm. held titles for a long period of time and stuff. And I think they had rivalries and stuff then. So without knowing that though, there may have been nods and stuff to that. But yeah, I had fun with it. Um, I always like Kanemaru. I personally, for me, I don't know, Kanemaru going through would have been more interesting, I think, uh, just because I'm not super high on Shima. But, yeah, I mean, I mean it was fine. It's fine. It's like a yeah. it's like a mid-calf level pant. It's like a three-quarter. It's, a, it's a, uh, a Capri. What are those called? <laughs> a, a Capri pant? It's, 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 a Capri, it's a Capri pant of three-quarters. I don't know. And uh, this is, this is going to be the, the fun one here. The final match for that night, the main event, Kazuchika Okada versus Master Wado. Okada just sunned Wado. Yeah. Just like, have a seat, young man. 
it was the most disrespectful match I have watched in a long fucking time. Okada did not give a fuck about the match for one second, which was amazing. And he shouldn't have. No. He shouldn't have. No, exactly. At any point. But you know what? Wado was still trying his absolute hardest, and then the way he beats him, just like the nonchalant kind of rainmaker and like one-handed pin, it was it was really good. It's the kind of match it should be. If anything, it was too long for me. Like they should, have, they could have shaved five minutes off that. I think ten. I minutes think that off they kind that. of. Had I know to it's a, after. Yeah. The show that they put on was really low. Uh, I was really low on it, and then they had to do something. They had to do something because I mean, look at look at the just the New Japan Cup matches for that. So you've got your normal multi man tags and things like that, and then it's Goto Dick Togo Shima versus Kanemaru. And Okada just absolutely fucking leveling Master Wado for you know eighteen minutes. See, if I was in the building, if Okada squashed him in five minutes, I would have been like, "Good, yeah. I can catch my train home." Like, and I would have been yeah. stoked about it. Like, so I think, uh, I think for me, the yeah, whole yeah. But how night- much did you pay for those tickets that you're going to sit there and? And say, oh, that was good, a little five-minute match. At that time, the money is already spent, and I'm more about how much of my time are you wasting. So I, I, I would be totally fine with it. But, yeah, the whole night this for is, me. This is, not, this not is right. a Kirk uh, and Hall, man. They've run Kirk and Hall into the fucking ground. They're doing Kirk and Hall like 10, 11, 12 times a month. You know, like those those fans, like what did they 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 must have only sold? They said, uh, "Oh, it's Okada versus Master Wado," and sold like two hundred tickets. <laughs> like it had to have been. So nobody gr- would have paid for that. Yeah, the great thing about Karakun Hall, though, is it's sometimes it's fun just to go to be in Karakun Hall. Like we've just gone to any wrestling that been on when we've been there, just to be there. You know what I mean? And if it's your evening, you finish work, you're already in Tokyo, oh, there's a little New Japan show on, I'll catch some things, you know, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's still a nice night. Like, But I'm going yeah. there to see wrestling, not to have a nice night in Karakun Hall. So as a result, the whole night, pants. This, this entire night was pants. Yeah. On to the next. All yeah, <laughs> nothing but. Next night. Uh, so the next night was Thursday, March 10th in Yamanashi. I think Yamanashi and the first new japan cup match that we got for that night was yoshihashi our man tacos versus kosei fujita uh that's uh your your current favorite young lion or at least he was mm-hmm. yeah. last time we talked yeah, yeah. yeah. uh one by butterfly lock which is i hate i hate the butterfly lock i hate it just it, a, do, it doesn't it looks like it would be yeah. a nice stretch if anything i would like to have a butterfly lock done to me right now because my back feels a little bit tight it doesn't look like it hurts, and it is a terrible move. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm currently, I've got my arms stretched out like Jesus in the Last Supper, and I feel like that's the, that's the butterfly lock. Yeah, I feel like this like, is a nice stretch just doing it now, actually. I feel like it's really, yeah, I don't think it, it's good, and that is. Wake up first thing in the morning, have a butterfly lock and a cup of coffee, you know. Fine, I'll get my wife to put me in a butterfly lock before I head out to work, like, you know. Yeah. Whatever. It's nothing. It's anyway. a nothing move. It's garbage. Yeah, exactly. Phoned it in. I did. I didn't care about this. Yeah. No. This was. This was fine. Um, Yoshihashi yeah, comes him. back in this tournament, but this. Whatever. Who cares? On yeah. to the next. Uh, the next. The next match was Naito versus Gato. Uh, Naito won with a roll up after 14 minutes and 18 seconds. Why did Naito need to do a sneaky roll up to beat Gato? Naito has rolled up everybody in this tournament so far. He has. Mm-hmm. He has. And I think that 
the the reason for that is probably like people have been pointing out he's he's being a huge dickhead this tournament which is great i love dickhead naito it's my favorite naito but ghetto is so much lower on the pecking order yeah. than naito naito should have just been able to put him down this is this is in the level of okada and master wado you know yeah he should have been able to just fucking just smoke him one destino especially if it's not real quick it didn't even have to be a destino he could have been in with like um you know any anything really I uh, valencia what's valencia oh yeah yeah that's the other yeah actually that would have been fine yeah secondary finisher yeah beat him that would have Something been totally like fine and and this this is not the main event. It was a it was a great fun story match, like filler. You know, they were being uh, being heels to each other and things like that. It, it was fun to watch, but like, come on, really? Like you're gonna let you're gonna let Ghetto stick around for 15 minutes with one of the top guys in the company? No, yeah. I mean, Ghetto let himself stick around for that long. <laughs> He's booking the shit. He do whatever he wants. But but normally, I, I mean, one thing that you say about Ghetto is he normally just books himself to lose and quite quickly, you know? So, yeah, um, definitely, but yeah, obviously they're telling that story that Nido kind of is not only being a bit of a dickhead, but he's also probably not on top of his game at the moment, you know? So he's getting wins, but he's not like super dominant, you know, devastating Nido. He's more like a crafty Nido right now. Yeah, which which is really fun. I do love that. I wonder if that's going to come into play as we continue the uh, the story. It might. Uh, so the next match was Satoshi Kojima versus Jeff Cobb. Big boy battle. Lots of meat. Lots yeah. of meat in this match. It was 15 minutes, 36 seconds. Jeff Cobb advances to the third round with the tour of the islands. And man, he hoisted, he hoisted Kojima like he would ain't no thing. He did. That he was did. awesome. Man, I love Kojima, hey. He's one of my favorite, so like, you know, New Japan veterans, dads, whatever you want to call them. You know, he's, he's, a, yeah. he's great. He always goes hard. I like him. Yeah. I, I think, um, I, he's one of those people that, you know, in every company, there's people you're like, I want to hang out with that guy. Yeah. Kojima's one of those dudes for me. He and I could just sit around and like eat different kinds of bread. Yeah. It would be great. Straight up. I, I love him. And he was, yeah, he works uh, so hard. He, he always looks ready to go. So. Yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I thought he felt credible. You know, he didn't feel like when you verse a young lion, and it's like this is a foregone conclusion. Even though we, you know, we know Jeff Cobb is going through, it felt like you never know. Kojima could get an upset here, like you know, one lariat. He definitely could. He definitely could at any time. Uh, the thing about Kojima is technically his dad's status, but I, I don't think he, they've told him that. No, he says he, he's ready to go. He thinks he's like Tanahashi's status. He's yeah. like, I got one yeah, more like, run. I got one more run with the title in me. That's how he looks at it. I'm into it. Yeah, I gotta say, I got no problem. Put with that, that belt on Kojima. I, I don't even no care. No problem with it. Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, so yeah, uh, shorts there. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Bad Luck Fale was our main event. Uh, Tanahashi won with a roll up, and about 15 minutes, a 15 minute Bad Luck Fale match. I gotta go pants on it, buddy. <laughs> yeah, look, it, it wasn't the best. I have liked Tanahashi and Fale in the past. There was a, a previous, I think it was New Japan Cup or G1, where the finish was like one of my favorites. Uh, they're outside. Uh, Tanahashi's got him up for, um, sorry, Bad Luck Fale has Tanahashi up for like the Bad Luck fall, you know, on his back kind of thing. And Tanahashi manages to like 
push off the ring post, like from the outside, stagger Farley into the railing, get back in the ring and just win by count out. And like when Tanahashi's up against the wall against like a big threat and he makes Farley seem like a big threat, I love it when he like outcrafties them and manages to get one over. I think he does those type of matches really well. But he really does. It wasn't like super fire or whatever. And, you know, we talked about it on a previous episode that where, you know, he's doing the Lions Raw show and blah, blah, blah. Like, I wouldn't have hated a return to, like, dominant Farley. Like, it wouldn't have hurt Tanahashi to just have, like, Farley mow him, you know? Yeah. At this point, Tanahashi, I mean, he's not washed. He's obviously not washed. He's one of the greatest of all time. We We agree on that. But, I mean are they really selling tickets on the back of that as a main event? I know he's Hiroshi Tanahashi, but like he and bad luck Fale have a history of matches. They've never really, they've never really torn the building down together. I, I don't know how you, maybe it was, that is a smaller venue though. Uh, isn't it? So maybe, yeah, maybe that's what they were. I think just seeing uh, kind the of ice. relying on. Yeah. Yeah. And sending the people home happy. And then also you get to do Naito and, uh, Tanahashi, which is always going to be a good one. So yeah, it was fine. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, All right. it's prob- um, probably the whole night though. Pants, I guess. Uh, Kojima and Cobb. And yeah, uh, I don't the think the match was fun. But yeah, t- uh, Kojima and Cobb was the only good match really on that card. And I don't think it, it's enough to bring up the weight of the other matches. So I'm going to have to go pants no, on that night. Right. Yeah, yeah, pants on that night. Uh, next up, Saturday, March 12th in Aichi at the Aichi Prefectural Gymnasium. First cup match of the night. This one was awesome. Zack Sabre Jr. and Doki. Uh, got Zack Sabre Jr. pulling out Cremation Lily from you yeah. know his... He found that in his pocket somewhere in his trousers. He left. Uh, he Sick. left on the rack for ten ten years, and yeah, that was it. Was great, man. Fifteen minutes of a lot of fun. Yeah, I loved him like yelling at Doki, like telling him to stop pissing about and to to fight him and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was really good, man. These two, you can tell, like Zach likes him a lot. Like you know what I mean. Yep. And they they were working really hard together. I thought it was good and showcased both guys beautifully. The coolest thing about Doki is he knows he doesn't get a lot of these big money matches. And when he does, he goes all out. His match uh, with Hiromu was, what was that, in December? That was great. That was so good. And here he was going all out. I'm a big fan of Doki. I, I thought he was an absolute joke when he first came into the company. You know, I was like, who's this jerk replacing Despy? And uh, nah, man, he's won me over. Uh, he's got a lot of really cool moves that you never really get to see because he doesn't get the chance to break them out. But uh, yeah, strap up Doki, son. Put yeah. put like put junior tag titles on him or and, something. Uh, he's good. Did you never notice, six mans? Did you notice uh, at the start Kevin Kelly being like, "Didn't know this, but uh, Doki speaks English." So apologies for anything I've ever <laughs> said about him. He goes, "I think I've been pretty complimentary, but just in case, like." Yeah, just in case, don't hit me with your pipe, please. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty funny. But yeah, no, nah, I like Doki, man. He he was a bit of a meme to begin with, and he, he's come a long way and won everybody's respect. So all the credit in the world Definitely. to him for that. And still wearing a mask inside. Good for him. Yeah, good on Not you. a lot of people do that anymore. Thoughtful. So. Thoughtful. <laughs> Thoughtful. Yeah. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, next match was Great Okan versus Taiji Ishimori, the Bone Soldier. Uh, Okan wins after 16 minutes and some odd seconds with the Eliminator. Um, I wasn't really super impressed with this match. It made me sad. I was really hoping for more. Yeah, nah. I don't know. Boner for me is like um, pretty hit and miss. You know, like I, I think he's got all the tools, but he's just lacking something at the moment. You know, like he's even got uh, the look and and everything, but I don't know. His matches just never really fire for me. He's a bit older than some of the other guys, so maybe that's it. Maybe he's slowed down a little bit. Um, his Noah stuff was, I mean, he was probably the fastest wrestler in the world for a while. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, he he would just fly. Um. He has slowed down a bit. And yeah, sometimes when he's losing, he doesn't give 110%. And I th- I think I'm more of an apologist for Taiji Shimori than a lot of people are. They tend to call him out more than I do. Maybe I'm not objective. But yeah, I, I was really hoping for more here. And a lot of people were saying, nah, he's not going to, he's going to phone that in. And uh, even I noticed that he did. Yeah. Pretty uh, sad. He did. Disappointing because Okan has a lot to offer. But uh, there you go. Yeah. So pants on that one. Uh, next up. Another fun one, Will Ospreay and El Phantasmo. Uh, 17 minutes, 31 seconds, Will Ospreay advances with the Hidden Blade. This match was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was It good. was real good. You just got two genuine dickheads being genuine dickheads and having a ton of fun. Yeah. You could see how much fun they were having, and uh, I really loved it. I really loved this match. Absolutely, and I think it showed, really showed, like, the star potential of El Phantasmo. Know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. like right from the second from his entrance. His entrance is so cool, and his look, and the jacket, and all that kind of stuff, and his swagger. I think the only thing he's he's missing now is just size. You know what I mean? And like when he was standing opposite Will, you know, I, I don't think he'd, he'd look really super out of place in the heavyweights. But you know, if he was to put on just a little bit more muscle mass, like like Will has done and stuff, you could see him being like a center piece for a Bullet Club for sure. I don't know that he necessarily has to jump to heavyweight. I know people always talk about how this junior, this junior, this junior should jump to heavyweight. Are are there a lot of junior heavyweights that are coming back in soon? I mean, why are they trying to move everybody to heavy? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think that he, he's never, he's never won the junior heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. I would love to see him on it, uh, see it on him. I, I just don't think that people need to worry about him jumping up the heavyweight right now. He's got a lot left to accomplish in the junior division. Well, that's true. That's true. I always just look at the junior junior division with a as a bit of a backseat. You know what I mean? Like I, where it, this tournament was a great example because when you see, I don't know, I just find, find it way more exciting when I'm seeing like, you know, Despi versus Okada, Hiromu versus Suzuki and Evil, like, I know the juxtapositions in sizes and stuff like that. Like, I think, yeah, I I think there's just more upside in the heavyweight division. That said, though, that may not be what he wants. And like you say, there's there's only so many spots to go around. So he could become a big centerpiece of the junior division for a while before going there. We don't need to rush it. But I think the potential is definitely there for him to be like, you know, a successor to Jay White. If he if he did jump up to heavyweight, that would be great. I could definitely see him. Uh, it, the fun things he could do, like as a Canadian with the U.S. title and stuff like that, could be great. But I feel like he might get lost in the shuffle at the moment. If uh, yeah, like you said, with with Jay right coming yeah. back eventually, yeah, exactly. 
But so. one thing about New Japan, like we said, they're not in a rush to do anything, man. You know what I mean? They'll, nope. they'll give you those little hints like, oh, imagine if this was to happen or whatever, these little crossovers and just begin planting the seeds. And, you know, a few years down the track, we might be talking about his, you know, great junior run and now he's finally crossed over into the heavyweight division and stuff, you know, there's this, this time. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just because the heavyweight division is a lower division and they, they get beat pretty handily by the heavyweights uh, most nights doesn't mean that there aren't great stories to tell as a junior. Yeah, definitely. So. Definitely. Plus that's, that's fine. Uh, I mean, I would definitely like to see Phantasmo be like next up, like to Despy kind of thing. I think they could have oh, like, a, like a, a run of rivalries that would be really, really cool. God, that'd, be so, that'd be so cool. Uh, and the final match for this night was Sonata, your new, your new boyfriend, Sonata mm-hmm. versus Aaron and Are. Yep. And, and I mean, uh, we, we talked about that and, and said mm-hmm. how great we thought it was. And yeah, like I said, any, any kind of match that can make me completely 180 on a character, like on, on a wrestler, is awesome. That's what uh, I like to call and what we like to call it Amy 180. See, my wife has very staunch opinions on wrestling uh, and wrestlers. She will very quickly decide if she doesn't like somebody. Like straight away, first time seeing them, doesn't like them and is not interested. Until the moment they pull off the the move that few people have ever pulled off, the Amy 180, where she then immediately turns and is all about them and then is their most diehard fan of all time. I'll give you a quick example of an Amy 180 because it doesn't even need to be to do with wrestling. Please. But uh, Phantasm, as she calls it, him, El Phantasmo, is one of the Amy 180s. But um, the, the funniest one I can think of that happened immediately on a dime, we went to House of Hardcore, came to Perth, West Australia, where I live, and uh, Jack Swagger, uh, what's his name? Jack, what's his name? Oh, uh, um, Jake Hager. Jake Hager, Jack Swagger, whoever he is, uh, was there. And we historically did not like him from his WWE time, you know. And we're like, boo, Hager, boo, kind of thing, because he's coming to the ring and he's supposed to, you know, people are like, we're the people, but we're like, boo. And then he comes across in front of us. We're like right on the railing. And then he stops and then he bends down and he picks up Amy's purse. She dropped it. It had fallen through the railing. And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry, miss. Did you drop? She's literally booing him. I'm sorry, miss. Did you drop this? And she's like, oh, thank you so much. He's like, no worries. And then she's like, we the people. Like immediately, <laughs> immediately 180. And then has been his fan ever since. So that's how, that's how she goes. And the same with with uh, Phantasm, as she calls him. She was like, I love Phantasm. Uh, we were at uh, one of the rec center shows and he did that stuff for the first time where, you know, him and, uh, Ishimori were teaming up and they would do these elaborate setups to back rakes. Like, you know, like he's like, it. walks the, walks the ropes, does a backflip, rolls the thing, back rake, you know, and then yeah. by, by the end of that match, she was laughing so much that she was like immediately on his side. So me and Sonata did an Amy 180 like this time. So if you ever hear me use that term, that's what it is. It's basically immediately changing your opinion on somebody that you have historically had All another right. so opinion we're, of. We're adding to the Okada shorts lexicon now. We've yeah. got shorts versus pants and now the Amy 180. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it means. Right, so this if is, you're, this you're, is a good episode. Yeah, you're like, if I've gone full Amy 180, it means you've just, you know, turned around on somebody. 
Is that the title of the episode, the Amy 180? <laughs> I mean, do we have titles? But yeah, sure. <laughs> I, I mean, like last time we uploaded an episode, they said, what's the, ep- what's the episode title? And I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> but that's going to be the new. Okay, there yeah, okay. the Amy 180. We'll, we'll call that's it the Amy title of the episode. All right, cool. No worries. All right. Uh, so the whole night, though, what are you giving it? Uh, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give this one shorts. I'm gonna give Same. it shorts. The uh, Great Okan Taiji Shimura match kind of drug it, drug it down. But uh, Saber Doki, Osprey Phantasmo, and Sonata Hanare shorts. Absolutely. Uh, and you know what? Yeah. Even if some of the other matches were worse. Uh, anything that can pull an Amy 180 is an immediate shorts to me. Definitely, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, so the next match was Sunday, March 13th in Hyogo. And the first cup match was, ooh, oh, God, there's a fucking name again. Oh, Tiger that's Mask okay. versus yeah. Chase Owens. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, pause for one second because it, the pronunciation was so bad it actually caused the internet to glitch and we lost you anyway. So... <laughs> <laughs> So just redo that whole bit because it went and you became a robot. Okay. I am not a robot. All right. So the, the next night was Sunday, March 13th in Hyogo. And the first cup match that we had was, oh, damn it. Chase Owens shows up again. Chase Owens versus Tiger Mask. It was 10 minutes and 33 seconds. Chase Owens advances via package pile driver. And uh, I don't even think I watched this match. You know what? I watched it in fast forward, if you can call opening it up in your browser and then just sort of clicking randomly in the bar to sort of see a few bits. Uh, <laughs> that And I did that mere moments before turning on with you because it was one of the only matches I didn't get to see. One thing I did I like... I was, I was making a sandwich. I had no yeah, interest in I mean, I, cu- I couldn't possibly imagine giving a fuck about this. But what I did like was two things from what I saw. One, Tiger Mask being a hard old bastard and just throwing head kicks and like absolutely obliterating uh, Chase in the corner was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, let's go. And then at the end, Tiger Mask just takes like the full package pile driver. Like it looks brutal. And I was like, you don't need to do that, man. Good on you. <laughs> go home and go home and be a grandpa now, Tiger Mask. No, please. no, team up with Robbie Eagles, Flying Tigers all the way. Oh, Flying Tigers are so good. God, I love Flying Tigers. Yeah, anyway, awesome. um, yeah, no, Tiger Mask rules, and he has some of my favorite um, entrance music mm-hmm. in in all of wrestling. Yeah, yeah go go Tiger! I get so pumped every time. Uh, okay, so yeah, moving on. That was like way more talk than we needed to ever do about a yeah, Tesla. I know, match. I'm exhausted. Uh, next up was Shingo Takagi versus Tongaloa. Good old T uh, and Shingo wins with the pumping bomber at 12 minutes and 31 seconds. I thought this match was really good. Um, I'm not sure if it was Shingo bringing it out of Tongaloa. I think Tongaloa has got a lot of upside. He hasn't gotten a good singles win yet, really. So yeah, I, think I thought he, it was good. I, I think, liked the w- the way he ended it, like winning with the pumping bomber uh, out of nowhere. And the pin was, it's really cool because A, it gives credibility to any move. B, it sort of protected Tangaloa a little bit. I mean, he's in this new kind of baby face sort of mode. So they're kind of showing that, like, you know, he, he wasn't really defeated. He just sort of caught him. But Shingo's reactions and, like, facial expressions, he was like, ha-ha. And he was like, kick on three, see that? And then he's like, looks at the camera and he, he's like, give him one of these. And then, uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah. like, like he was just fucking stoked. Cause he's like, that's a, he's pointing to his head. He's like, I'm fucking smart. I just got him. Like he was stoked with his own win. And I love that. 
the entire time. He kept, he kept like counting on the way out and, and just doing the motions of the bomber and the pin. He was like, ha And I was like, yeah, you get him, Shingo. That was awesome. He loved it. <laughs> yeah, no, this, he was, loved it. this was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. He was, he, you could tell Shingo was having fun in that match for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah I think uh, Tongaloa is, he's going to hit another level here. I think so. Uh, we can talk about it. We can talk about it with the next match that's coming out. Um, but I, I think the Gorillas of Destiny are about to hit another level and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, yeah. The next match, Tamatanga versus Evil Ibu. Yes. Evil Ibu. Uh, he was awesome in this match. Both guys were awesome in this match. Tonga Loa come out. I mean, sorry, Tama Tonga came out. Obviously, Jado comes out. I'm like, oh, look at this potential betrayal. Uh, but as we said, stayed firm with his boys. It was a great match uh, with a lot of fire from both guys. You could see the huge upside of Tama Tonga in it. And then when they pull all the Bullet Club shenanigans and all like the you know, the turns and you think these guys are coming to back him up, but then they're also against him. And then Jado's just like fucking breaking his, you know, <laughs> like kendo stick over people's heads going sick. And then uh, lower tries to make the save, but then even bad luck Fale is, you know, betraying them and stuff like that. Oh, that, it, that hurt your soul, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, it hurt theirs like um, Tama Tonga, like in his post-match stuff was what it was like not you too kind of thing, you know? And it, yeah. I, I feel like they just did a great job of um, really making those guys into, like, turning them properly, you know, into faces. Genuine baby face. Absolutely. Genuine baby face. If Tomatonga, if he comes out and he cuts a promo in Japanese at some point, he's going to hit the fucking roof. Yeah, he can, he can they, do it, man. Yeah. They are going to They are going to love tamatanga it's it's so funny because for years my my co-host on uh smart foundation shane he's a big tamatanga fan and he's he's constantly like tamatanga should be the leader of the bullet club blah blah you know all these things yeah. like I, I was telling him i was telling him like dude turning face is the best thing that's ever happened to tamatanga yeah the dude is a, like they are adored right yeah. now mm-hmm. every time he's coming out he's coming out with tanahashi yeah you know he's coming out with with uh wado and taguchi He's putting together this weird like Hantai G.O.D. like faction mm-hmm. and people are digging it, man. It's really fun to watch. Yeah, no, nah, it's it's really cool, man. And like I've always thought he's had this huge upside. Um, me and Amy and Mo always reference this promo uh, from a G1 a few years ago where Tama Tonga says seven fucking years. He's like, I've been here for seven fucking years. And now go do it. Now it's actually more like, I don't know, over a decade that he's been yeah. there. And all he's ever been is bullet club guy, you know? So I think there's, he's got this huge upside and why not now take a punt and do something different? Like the guy is like in great physical shape. He's got so much charisma. I think I said, said to Amy, I'm like, he's like Roman Reigns with charisma. You know what I mean? Yeah. People yeah. say, you know, Roman's doing really well now and stuff like that. It wasn't that way for a very long fucking time. Tom has got heaps of charisma and has always had it. You know, he can talk. Uh, he's say what you want about his matches and stuff. He's always been like creative and crafty in spots where you don't expect it. One of my favorite Tama Tonga matches was in a G1 where Suzuki's coming down to the ring and Desperado's following him with the Suzuki gun flag. Tama jumps Desperado behind Suzuki, grabs the flag, and then follows Suzuki to the ring. 
And so Suzuki's getting in and he's doing his clap and shit. And then he like turns back and then he like catches it and he's like, huh? and then he drops it and then he like just jumps him and starts like wailing on him. I was like, that was so funny. Cause like the entire tournament, you know, Desperado is always following him. And so he just took his spot, like, you know, he's creative and he wants to do it. And so like, it's part of what's making this new Japan cup is so good is that new Japan have, have gone, you know what? can't do the travel shit right now we're sick of you know spinning our wheels let's use the whole roster in the new japan cup let's all the fucking dudes we've got so many talented wrestlers let's start investing in our own talent and let's make something happen as what i said to you in the very first new japan cup date we did on my show i was like will anybody do anything ever was how I was feeling about these last couple of years. And this New Japan Cup has been turning me around because they're doing stuff. They're telling stories with their own guys and they're starting to make things happen. And it's why Evil and House of Torture were MVPs for me in this because they became critical to that. You know, you needed those guys in those places that when they get beaten and things start to turn now, that now it feels like the tide is turning and something's happening. So, yeah, I'm very happy with how it went. I remember you and I both were so upset. We were like 48 slots for this. And the only outsider they got was Shima. Oh man, what are they going to, I don't want to see this guy. I don't want to see this guy. And this might be one of the best new Japan cups we've had in recent memory. Yeah. I think, I think you're a hundred percent correct. And I, I love that we chose to start this show now with this new Japan cup because it, it is, it's the, it's the changing of the guard and it's things starting to turn for the company. And I always had faith they'd turn it around. And, and this is finally feeling like things are coming around, you know, restoring Okada to champion at Wrestle Kingdom and then leading mm-hmm. into this. And I think it's great they didn't bring in a heap of, you know, guest slots and stuff like that, wrestlers that wouldn't be there, wouldn't win in the end and are really on their only there to, you know, just be star matchups that people will tune in for and click for likes and stuff on gears. Yeah. They go, we're going to invest in our own roster. Uh, I, I said, it's like, they're like, you know what? Financially, we probably can't afford it. We've got these guys. We're paying them anyway. Put them all in the fucking tournament. But yeah. what they've actually done is invest in their own talent. And I think that's so important. Like, I mean, they've trained most of these guys from dojo to now. You know I mean? They know they can all go. Any of them can be tapped on the shoulder and can deliver a banger match. So it's like, so let's do it. Let's start to tell stories and let's, you know, go places with it. And this is from when we ran through every single match right at the sun, we're like, you know, kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's looking good, man. It's looking really good. Yeah. Yep. Uh, the final match for that night was Hiromu versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Hiromu, <laughs> he won by, it says, unnamed Hiromu role. <laughs> well, that that is absolutely great, and he should keep that name for it. This this match was like, you know, a Suzuki slap battle that you see, but it was just done so well. The fire out of both guys, um, the facial expressions, the emotion uh, out of Hiromu, and like it was it was just killer, man. Like it was, it was a really really good match, and I was watching it on the brink of exhaustion, the brink. Uh, for those who haven't listened before, I've been going through like a lot with my wife. She just had her gallbladder out, and so there's been lots of long nights and discomfort and stress and all that kind of stuff. And so I've been trying to get through these New Japan Cup and some of these matches, man. I'm just literally like falling asleep watching it, and I was like just keeping my eyes open, watching these two 
madmen slapped the living fuck out of each other. And yeah, I, I loved it. It was awesome. The the thing about this match is this is the kind of match that would really alienate someone if they if they aren't ready for it. This you couldn't just show this to a newbie and be like, "This is New Japan" because it's it's not. Yeah, but it is. It so is. Yeah, it's it it's not the New Japan level of like work rate that you normally see. It is the New Japan level of like storytelling and like uh, fire. Uh, fire inside that sort of thing that that you you're you're used to seeing and i think that was the story they were showing is suzuki suzuki he's he is a heavyweight minoru uh minoru suzuki is supposed to be someone who should be able to handle a junior like hiromu but hiromu had so much fire inside of him that he was able to overcome and withstand and use you know his own heavy hands to to lay it right back into Suzuki and I I don't know how many chops they ended up throwing I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 300 or something like that and it was ridiculously cool just to watch those two like you know Suzuki kind of toying with his food at first and then Hiromu fighting back to the point where Suzuki you know ended up losing and uh, it was it was it was pretty shocking uh you know he he it was really great because he turned around to the ref he's like that was two that was it's like motherfucker that was six (laughs) (laughs) you down for so long he was he was minced uh, and his chest was just disgusting like it was just like this is like he doesn't give that shit to everybody man like he must a lot of Hiromu or you know he'll always rock up when the time is, is right and man yeah it it looked brutal, and and Hiromu really showed who who he is and how tough he is, which is awesome. Definitely, yeah. Hiromu got some heavy hands, buddy. Oof, he's like Paul from Tekken, just boom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great stuff. Brutal, uh, brutal. So yeah, um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say shorts for oh, that yeah, one. For absolutely sure. shorts. Absolutely, this whole night was shorts. Yeah, well, except for Tiger Tiger masking Chase Owens. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really watch it, so it doesn't count. The, the matches that I cared about were shorts, and they would carry that through anyway. So Definitely, definitely. Uh, a lot of good storytelling in that between Shingo Tongaloa and Tamatonga and Evil, and then uh, Hiromu and Minoru Suzuki yeah. in the silly face battle, all shorts. Great, yeah, great exactly. stuff. It's not even silly face. It's like, you know, good face i guess i don't know emotion face like there was a few like where like a romo's face and stuff you're like this is why you're awesome you know what i mean it didn't yep. it didn't look funny it's just like he's just like ah, like just anime come to life like, yeah. oh he's so good he's the best uh so monday march 14th in kagawa was the start of the third round the first match that we got was hiroki goto versus shima uh shima wins with a series of meteora and uh yeah this was this was pretty good um it was fine it was it was good for what it was i i was expecting an okay match i got an okay match yeah um yeah it was it was fine as i said i don't really super care about shima i care that he's there i think it's super important the strong hearts are there but i don't particularly care about him so yeah and goto is you know i like goto i i didn't mention actually because i was so uh, blase on it, but I did like when all the House of Torture bullshit happened in that Togo match, and he fought them all off with his stick. That was pretty cool. Um, that was pretty. And cool. I do like Goto, but sometimes you see a match like this, and you're like, "This is pretty flat for me," and I don't, you know, I don't really have an opinion on it. Yeah, I think this. Um, 
this match was basically the sum of its parts. It was exactly what I expected. Yeah, exactly. So, moving on. Uh, yeah. The, moving <laughs> on to Kazuchika Okada defeating Tai Chi in 24 minutes and 17 seconds via Rainmaker. This one, the first time we get to see Tai Chi since our last episode, uh, because he did not have a second round yeah. opponent. Uh, Tenzon could not compete, so Tai Chi moved on to the third round and ended up losing a heartbreaker. Yeah. Oh man, this was a good match, though. Yeah. Uh, tai Chi was like you said it before. You think that every every time Tai Chi uh, comes up against Okada, he's he's getting that much better and that much better and that much better, like measuring himself against Okada. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he was he was better tonight than he's. It might be might be the best Tai Chi match I've ever seen. It's very, very good. And, uh, you really find yourself. I'm a, I'm a big Okada nerd. I, I will never root against Okada, but I was definitely rooting for Tai Chi because, uh-huh. uh, he, he made me a believer. Yeah. And, uh, then that belief got ripped right out of my, right out of my chest when the, when he got rainmakered into fucking oblivion. Yeah. Uh, uh what did you think of this match? Um, Look, I I know I need to rewatch it. I watched it, but I was sh- shotgunning a lot of these matches to take my mind off, like Amy being in surgery and stuff. Yeah. And I've been so tired that, like, I know I watched this one when that stuff was going on, and it wasn't really digesting for me. You know what I mean? It wasn't entering my mind in the way it should. Like it was sort of on, but I was sort of staring through it, and that's nothing to do with them. That was just my own life. Um, and so I knew it was good, but hearing you say that makes me know that I need to go back and watch it. I would have really liked Tai Chi to win. I, but like, I, like we've said this entire thing, New Japan are going to tell those long-term storylines. And when it comes around, maybe it's G1, maybe it's whatever, you watch when Tai Chi gets that win over Okada, it's going to mean something and it's going to be awesome. Definitely. Uh, there was, you know, a little bit of uh, fun times after the match where, Okada kind of leans over to Taichi. He's like, yeah, you, uh, that was, that was a lot better. That was a lot better. You want a shot at the belt? Yeah. And he's like kind of handpicking him as an opponent, which was pretty cool. Um, I like that. Yeah. Taichi earned a lot of respect there. So that was really good. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. I I didn't catch that bit either. So that's awesome. Uh, so as far as shorts and pants, this is third round. Now we're getting to the cream of the crop. Only two matches a night. What did you think of, uh, this as far as pants or shorts? Um, I think you're going to have to rate this one. Like I said, I would give, I, I know Okada and Tai Chi would be shorts and I know that Shima and Goto would be pants. It's up to you to say whether they were strong enough to carry Shima and Goto through. I think, I think, uh, your default setting might be pants. Whereas my default setting is shorts. And it's got like, as far as Hiroki Goto and Shima, like I'm whatever that is. I, it was fine. Yeah. But uh, I think Tai Chi and, and Okada, like they really did something special. And, and, um, and yeah, I'm, I'm happy to take. I know you were going through it. some. <laughs> I know you were going through some shit. You really should watch that. Yeah, I'll watch go back. Episodes. I'll go back and watch it for sure. It was like the match I was looking forward to the most in the tournament. You know what I mean? And like it's just, yeah. I had so many matches to get through because it's been so hectic, and I really only had a day to do them. Like, so I was just blazing through stuff while my, I wasn't really in the headspace to enjoy wrestling. You know what I mean? So the ones that cut through to me, like the, the matches that seem to 
penetrate my malaise that I was going through with the, the shock ones that I didn't in, expect to enjoy. You know what I mean? Like I knew Tai Chi and Okada for me would have suffered from mediocre excellence because it would be really great, but I expected it to be great. And then I was mm-hmm. really surprised when I watched a Sonata and Hanare and I'm like, oh, that was fucking killer. Like that sort of woke me up from it. So yeah, I will do it. I'll defer to you there. And I would say that it probably shorts. And I think if I, Maybe we'll talk about it on another episode, but I imagine I'll really enjoy it properly when I can rewatch it. I bet you. All right. Well, the next match, uh, I'm sorry, the next night was Tuesday, March 15th. Continuing the third round with Yoshihashi losing to Jeff Cobb via Tour of the Islands. I love this match. I thought it was a ton of fun. I thought uh, Yoshihashi looked like a million bucks, even though he lost. Uh, these yeah. two had some really weird, cool chemistry going yeah, on. And they did. this low key banger for this uh for this tournament yeah i i thought so yeah i mean you had told me this one you'd really enjoyed so i you know, was paying a little bit more attention i guess and yeah i did I, I thought yoshihashi had a little bit of swagger and confidence to him and i i thought it was like a pretty good match i enjoy uh united empire coming to the yep. ring but no i mean kevin kelly always talks about them not interfering and stuff i just enjoy them sort of being there and cheering on their boy and you know be it win or lose they're just sort of supporting i think that's a cool vibe for them yeah they're they're definitely a heel stable but they are they're not as chaotic evil as bullet club yeah they're more like a lawful evil yeah uh, for all the D nerds out there that's, that's, they definitely are and they definitely do their fighting and score settling and stuff in the ring you know what i mean they're yeah. and they're like we're the the best and we're confident and we're bad because we're we're the best, you know what I mean? Like, like we are dominant, like not. They're because, Cobra Kai. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're Cobra Kai, exactly. But yeah, no, I thought uh, it was really good. I thought it was really good. Yeah, that's a, that definitely shorts. And then uh, the next match, the main event uh, that they gave to Okiyama, the Zip Arena in Okiyama, and all like, you know, 600 people that that place can fit, Hiroshi Tanahashi and Tetsuya Naito. Uh, Naito wins via a jackknife pin at 18 minutes and 48 seconds. This match was great. Tanahashi this is a ton of fun. Doesn't fuck around in tournaments, man. Just Ta- like well, Tanahashi and Naito don't. Like I know. Don't well, neither of them. But so like, good. but like Tanahashi just like held together, fucking with hairspray, just aces high to the outside. Like, you right. know what I mean? Like, just a wild man, eh? Like, he's just absolutely fearless. And, yeah, the, these two obviously have great chemistry. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, this was a ton of fun. This I is, probably would have enjoyed it that... more if Tanahashi had won. <laughs> <laughs> you, you would enjoy a lot more things if Tanahashi yeah, wins. I love Tanahashi. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm a Naito I'm a guy myself, personally. I recognize wearing the greatness Destino of this right Tanahashi. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I am wearing my <laughs> Destino shirt right now. Uh, no. This match is, it's something that could easily headline a lot bigger venue and things like that. And uh, I think it was, it was Damon or Joel that pointed out that uh, maybe this is their way of apologizing to some of the, the rural communities that they've, uh, they've been ignoring for the last few uh, years while they've been running Tokyo endlessly. Yeah, maybe, (laughs) maybe not wrong, but I think, you know, uh, I'd have to have a look on a map and see where the arena's located, but maybe it was the kind of thing that they knew that they could run that there and people would maybe travel in for it, you know, from surrounding areas and stuff like that. And you, and mm-hmm. you would, like, what's that? I can see Tanahashi and Naito in that gym just over there. I'll, I'll drive, you know, 
an hour. Like, yep. you know, I'll get yep. on the good thing about uh, Japan is you can get on a bullet train and zoom across the country pretty quick. I've I've been to, you know, prefectorial gymnasiums like an hour on a bullet train, but I'm literally halfway across the country. You know what I mean? Like, just I'll quickly uh, zoom across Japan real quick, catch this match, and then uh, zoom back. Yeah, that's nothing, dude. I used to drive two hours for a hockey game and then drive two hours home. Yeah, so, yeah. like, to to watch Naito and Tanahashi, you better believe I would fucking travel. Plus, you can sleep Hell on the yeah. train in Japan. It's really easy and the most relaxing sleep you'll ever have. Yeah, probably. And polite sleep. They probably just, like, leave your drinks and stuff for you right there. Absolutely. I mean, bullet train sleep is the ultimate sleep if you can do it. We joke that when we go back, we're going to fly in and then train to the top of Japan and then train back down again, like an eight-hour train, just to get in some solid sleep before we begin the holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, but yeah, absolute banger. And and worth uh, worth the price of admission. Shorts. Two fantastic matches in a very small, very uh, intimate venue. Uh, Shorts all the way on that one. Yeah, 100%. The next night was Thursday, March 17th from Shizuoka. And the first match was Zack Sabre Jr. versus the Great Ocon. 20 minutes. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Great Ocon by, uh, via the submission, you can't play Conkers in England, uh, which is something I've asked my wife about. And evidently, they, you used to play Conkers all the time, and that got, uh, it got banned from schools. What is, some kids got Conkers in the eyes or something. What a, that like marbles or something? No, it's it's like a it's like this game where you take these like chestnuts and you tie a little string around it and you swing them at each other. So like kids were like hitting each other with these like chestnuts and it was like I, I don't know. I'm not uh, sure it's, that's it's a game. Up. I think that's like hazing in the military, like when they put no, soap in a pillowcase. Swing... Like... <laughs> <laughs> you're supposed to swing the chestnuts at each other and then the chestnuts hit together. But kids were just swinging them at each other and like hitting each other in the head. And yeah, like use, it, <laughs> use it as a weapon. Yeah, no, that's sounds- I, I like I didn't even think about that. I used to play a game with my friends when we were kids where we'd like choke each other out. It's not really a game. It's just what we used to do. <laughs> <laughs> we were just in combat constantly. <laughs> You're like, oh, I did. It was, uh, it was like, I, I was in youth prison. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was it was like a boss root and training video. Yeah, you just didn't yeah. want to mess with it. Uh, so, yeah, no, Zack Sabre Jr. and Great Ocon uh, really fun together. Um, I thought that they might have great Ocon win this one and kind of continue. He, right. he, he was supposed to have a match against Kota Ibushi. And I, at this point, I got to wonder, like, would he even have won that? Would he have gotten this far if Kota Ibushi was injured or was not injured? I think he would have. I think he would have. You think that, he would have beat Kota Ibushi? Yeah. I think they were like leaning on Kota's injury. I, th- I think they would have just like had it be too much for him. And he kind of goes back out again, you know? So. That's what I like to I like to think anyway. You know, it puts him on the shelf even further and stuff. But that's me fantasy booking. But yeah, I thought I thought it was good, man. Zach's been so good in this tournament. Um, yeah, megastar, absolutely. Is is Zach Saber Junior. bigger now than he's been in the last few years? Is he putting on weight? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He's putting on size. He, he yeah, you know he used to call himself the Noodle Man, but he's not really that anymore you know he's filling out he's putting on size i guess a lot of like vegan whey protein and stuff uh but yeah he's and all all the credit in the world to this guy because covid and stuff's happening he just stayed in japan and like continued oh, yeah. working 
and obviously like doubled down on his diet and and gym work and everything like that and has really transformed himself physically. And I think for him, he probably knew that if he was going to get to sort of the next level in New Japan, he would need to. You know what I mean? Because it is, at the end of the day, it is like a, a looks business, you know, in wrestling. And if he wants to, you know, hold big boy belts and stuff like that, he needs to sort of look the part a bit. You know, he's never going to be like as big as Osprey or anything like that. But you need to be able to like, you know, stand next to Naito and Okada and stuff and have at least sort of that level. And he's definitely there now. And I, I think you'll probably see him. Like, I feel like he maybe even looked a little bit bulkier, like maybe he's putting on size to then cut it a bit, you know? So, yeah, I I think we'll see some more transformations from him as it goes. Yeah, I, I dig it. I really I really dig Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, right now. Well, I dig Zack Sabre Jr. all the time, but I mean, it shows that they've got a lot of trust and respect and they really appreciate him. Like how, how good he's looking in this tournament, how good he looked in last year's G1. Like they want him to be considered a, a top level contender. And I think that Absolutely. he really is. I mean, he's one of the best in the entire world on this planet at what he does. Yeah. And uh, I mean, there's, there's like three names you can really throw out that are, his his level of of grappler you've got zach saber jr jonathan gresham daniel bryan yeah brian danielson yeah you know like that's that's it yeah exactly They're and just, that's just like pretty fucking good company level. oh absolutely and he's like for me as well he's actually a former amy 180 winner by the way she used to oh, hate good for him zach saber jr i even used to kind of hate zach saber jr I was like, whatever, man. Like, I felt like the the offense and stuff wasn't as convincing for me. I'm like, anybody can just put somebody in a dumb hole and put a, you know, a, a knuckle in somebody's ribs and sort of, you know, be sort of this pesky, like, uh, you know, counter specialist. And I, I've even said on, you know, early shows of mine, I felt like, it, you know, he undersold stuff for somebody that was, you know, not heavily muscled and stuff. Like he would do sort of strong style bits where it's like, come on then. And people like double his size are hitting him and it's not even affecting him. And I, I just wasn't about it, but he's really dialed in his offense. I feel like his offense comes across so, I don't know, mean, I guess, like vicious, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. in how he attacks people. He used to be very defensive, like, come on then. And then he'd like throw a thing on, but he's like, actively grinds people down and we'll talk about this more in the Osprey match but like uh yeah he's he's become this like real sort of malicious wrestler and then he's really picked up his cockiness and that's what won Amy over as well like in in his promos I think it was G1 the year before or whatever when he cut that promo when he's calling everybody a dickhead and saying what are you going to do mm -hmm. when the noodle man wraps you up and all this like ridiculous shit like and we were like he's so funny in these press conferences. Like and then, then you see him, you know, pick up his size and pick up his offense and everything like that. And he's, yeah, he's like nobody else for me. I mean, he's he's like absolutely killing it. Oh, he's he's the best. One of my favorite things is seeing seeing Zack Saber Junior matches here in England, where the fans will like openly just like sing and chant leftist slogans at him and things like that, and like watch him play to the to the audience in the ring. Like while they're doing that, I, I just I love the I love everything that surrounds this guy. Yeah, he's yeah. he's great. He's awesome. one of my one of my fa he's in my fave five. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's so. he's absolutely cool. 
the next match was Sonata versus Will Ospreay. This is the match that had to be stopped due to the uh, injury to Sonata. Uh, I mean, I thought the match was going really good up until that, that uh, I don't want to say it was a botched ending. Yeah. It was, you know, it was, these I feel things like happen. It, I feel like it made it better. Like, I feel like it made the match better. It added like a it made real, it feel more real. Yeah. It made it feel real and it showed me uh, Sonata's like fighting spirit uh, and commitment to the match, you know? And so if yeah. anything, like, yeah, it, it continued the, the 180 course he was on for me. Uh, and it, it was great work by Will as well. Like when fucking Sonata's on the ground and then Will like lays down. He's like, oh, I've knocked him out. And he's laying down next oh, to him, like doing the dead fish thing and like oh, laughing in was... his face and stuff. I was like, you are such a fucking cunt. And it was awesome. Yeah, no, that was, that was a, a, a El Phantasmo level of trolling yeah, right yeah, there. It was, it was really pretty good. good. It was good. Pretty it was fucking good. good. I mean, man. We, we've talked and about the, this until it comes down. Yeah. What really, what really sold it was Kevin Kelly going this, there's your champion. Look at this guy. Yeah. <laughs> like he was so disgusted. It yeah. was great. Yeah. Great moment. Yeah, it was perfect. It was really good. Let's pause for a second while I let the puppy outside. Okay. Okay. No worries. I'll do the same. Mark it down. Cheers. Frank, you won't go outside. Okay. The next night that we are going to cover is Friday, March 18th from Tokyo back in Kirken Hall. And the first match that we're going to cover is Shingo Takagi beating Chase Owens in 16 minutes and 41 seconds via last of the dragon. Now they were teasing back and forth. Oh, I can beat you in five minutes. I can beat you in five minutes. And they Shingo just disrespecting chase the entire time. Like I, I got five, I got five minutes for you, chase Owens, which I thought was fantastic. Then they had chase, of course, uh, injure Shingo after jump him after a match and hit him with a package pile driver on a chair. Thus, making everyone think that maybe he wasn't going to just beat him in five minutes. I still think he should have, but yeah. I mean, you got to sell tickets on, on the back of a match that has to go more than five minutes. Yeah. It would have been so great just for Shingo to put him in his place and be like, look, dude, you're not on my level. Yeah. You know, I would, I would have loved that if just even despite everything, he overcomes it. And even if it was just a snap thing, like he did with lower, like, you know, pulls out something else. I don't even think chase needs, you know, uh, the, What's it? Last of the Dragon or Into the Dragon finisher? Yeah. I'm talking made in Japan at best, like you know, just yeah. out of out of nowhere and just finish him off. You know, no no fucks yeah. given. I mean, just at literally the, um, like four point nine nine. You know, like kind of well, like, they should have had a they yeah. should have had a timer running the entire time. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, the crowd counting down. See, it, it oh, doesn't need to be long to be a main event, and that's something that New Japan forget. You can you can pad out other matches and you can have a main event if done right. And with that kind of the right sort of hype around it, people will be super invested in seeing him beat him in five minutes and then be like, cool, I'm happy. I'm going home. He did it. Like you would, or, be, or you could just have him, you could just have Shingo beat him, but chase is able to withstand, you know, like uh Shingo's got him in some sort of submission move. You know, it doesn't have to be last of the dragon. Like you said, you can have him in some sort of submission move and chase is able to wait until five minutes and 25 seconds or something before he actually taps out. Yeah. Yeah. And then Shingo's like, okay, then you survived. Good one. Like kind of thing. Good for you. you. This, um, yeah, exactly. So yeah, whatever. Yeah. At least they did something with it. You know, they were telling the story. So that's cool. 
then, uh, and if you, if you didn't watch the match, this might look weird. Uh, if you're just looking at the results, Hiromu Takahashi beats evil with the evil yeah. in uh, 15 minutes and 52 seconds, which I thought was uh, cathartic is probably the best word for it. It was such a great moment watching Hiromu having, I mean, the biggest pandemic crowd uh, that we've seen in Japan in oh, two years. They were losing their absolute fucking shit. They were just, I mean, going wild. They were chant. They weren't chanting. They were screaming when they, you know, when they were losing their minds, they were, they were gasping. They were shouting. They were, you know, stop themselves if they, if they had to, but it was so good to see. Yeah. Hiromu just is a mega star. And like the, the fact that these people wanted so badly to see Hiromu overcome the house of torture really shows that the work they've put into the house of torture over the last two years, like you said, was worth it. Yeah. And like evil played his part perfectly in this, like the frustration and the yelling, you know, like, and like just getting so mad, uh, was like really well done. And then Hiromu overcoming everything was so awesome. I loved at the end where he's like, no, no, evil, you didn't get beaten by a junior heavyweight. You got beaten by Hiromu freaking Takahashi. And he's like, and that must be so embarrassing for you losing to your own move. He's like, evil and the house of torture are finished. And it was like, awesome. Like Everybody loved it. He knocks house of torture. And I think he was the last bullet club member as well out of the tournament. And yeah, it was just this big cathartic moment. I had had this one because, like I said, I've been catching up on all these. I had had this one spoiled for me. I can only imagine how that felt watching it live because watching it live, I would have never expected him to win. And I, I'm kind of gutted because I I defend against spoilers really well. I like to live in those moments like organically. And so, yeah, it was a little bit disappointing. I couldn't just like live it. But, yeah, I'm sure even even knowing it, I still absolutely loved it. Yeah, I found I found myself watching it live, just like fist pumping and stuff in the uh, in my living room. It was it was really cool. It was a great moment, and uh, yeah, it was it was really well earned. It felt kind of like a not a coming out party for Hiromu. Like everybody knows Hiromu's a star, but it kind of felt like a welcome back party. Yeah, I it guess felt like rehabilitation for me. I've been pretty bored with him, to be to be fair. Like going into really? Wrestle Kingdom and stuff like that. Um, I wanted Despi to win. I was like, do not give me like a return to just Hiromu has everything kind of thing. And Despi won. And I was like, cool, I can take a backseat with that. And then for me, Hiromu coming out and he's still holding like the trophy and stuff. I'm like, bro, you already lost. Leave that shit at home. And I was like, who cares? But these two matches, like a perfect example, doing a great job in the New Japan Cup again, two matches completely rehabilitated him for me and breathed new life into the character and he was sort of hinting at Desperado and he's like, oh, you know, he's sort of going, or oh, will I challenge for something else? I mean, technically he pinned the never openweight champion, right? Evil's the never right. openweight champion. That's a great bridging belt for somebody if they want to do stuff. I know you don't want, uh, you don't want juniors going up to heavyweight all that often. Hiromu per- could be a perfect candidate to do that. I, I found when okay. he was standing eye to eye with Suzuki, I'm like, he's not that small, you know, like, so. 
no he's yeah. he's always been one of the he's like uh jushin liger he's built big for a junior you know yeah. and um the thing the thing about this is they're they're not hinting at him jumping either jumping to heavyweight or or going for like the open weight title they are straight up like blasting you over the head with it like they're like oh no he's he's not a junior anymore he's Hiromu Takahashi and you know he's that's that's probably what's going to be next for him is uh, going after that never belt yeah they're gonna have him ride the middle for a bit I think I think they'll still have him do junior stuff but I think they'll start having him do heavyweight stuff as well and just being like it's Hiromu he can do what he wants yeah, I think that's probably what they'll do. I mean, they can give him because, uh, like, Will had a run with the Never Belt before he jumped up to. Yeah, it's a perfect. For, and I mean, it's supposed to be that title. I would love to see Hiromu have it and defend against Sho and El Fantasmo, but then also Ishii and also you know uh, other. Taichi yeah, and ex- Suzuki exactly. And you know what I mean? He could do that before going all the way through and. Unlike what you said with El Fantasmo, where you're like, he still hasn't won the title and there's lots he could do. Hiromu's kind of done it all now, as far as junior stuff goes. So he, if anybody was going to make that move, Hiromu's ticked every box he needs to in the juniors and he could definitely walk that line. And like we were saying, the open weight title, I would love to see it be more of like a tweener title that can be defended against all comers. And so I think he's perfect for that. And I think he's he's built a bit more size and his height is there and then you see him in these matches against like the likes of Suzuki and Evil and then even onto Shingo it's just elevated him so much and I was like I said kind of flat on him I was like I've seen everything from him I don't want to see another junior run I don't want him to interrupt Despy's run and this is perfect because it can move on. You can leave Despi to run that division. You can start to do stuff with him and El Fantasmo and the others because if Hiromu's in there, it's just the Hiromu show. So I, yep. I, I think uh, I think that's for the best, and I, I think uh, they're on the right track. Yeah, we're absolutely watching the trajectory of Hiromu go up and up and up and up. Uh, he's done every. He's got every single accolade he could possibly have in the junior division. He's gonna probably snatch that never belt really shortly and uh you know from there it's just a hop skip and a jump up to heavyweight and headlining the dome at some point yeah so he can definitely get there so fingers crossed yeah so the next night was sunday march 20th from nigata 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 sure okay and this one was the beginning of the quarterfinals for us. So we had Tetsuya Naito roll up Jeff Cobb in about 19 minutes. Uh, my heart broken too. I really, I mean, I was really hoping for Jeff Cobb to advance here. Uh, I mean, Cobb's looked like a monster in the G1 and came up short. He looked like a monster here in the New Japan Cup and came up short. He's going to break out shortly. I thought this was going to be his time, but we just got to be a bit more patient. This is yeah. where that wait and see, that courageous wait and see policy comes in uh, with New Japan. It's it's coming. It's coming. You yeah. just, you never know when it's going to be. Um, first of all, before we get, jump into it, we didn't uh, rate that previous night, but I think we could agree it was shorts. Um, oh, it was definitely shorts. Yeah, it was yeah. definitely shorts. And then, yeah, with this one, I was a bit disappointed too, and I'm super surprised that they're putting – Naito and Okada back on a collision course so quickly uh, after only just having that match. 
I guess my only concern is that like this trend we're seeing of Naito just rolling people up is it like is that how he beats Okada? He's just like gets a quick roll up on him and gets through to the finals or whatever, which I don't super love. I don't know, but uh, but yeah, I guess we'll see how it plays out. They always have great matches, so it's fine. But yeah, I would have liked to see Cobb go through. I I could have seen him winning the whole cup. So yeah, disappointing. Would have been nice to see. I mean, like normally the New Japan Cup is there to launch a new. Uh, a, a new talent into the upper echelons. And I really thought it was going to be Jeff Cobb's year, but that's okay. I mean, it's not bad. It just, you know, it's what I was hoping for and it didn't come to pass. Well, the, the new way Japan it, doesn't always give us, doesn't always give us what we want, but uh, it always gives us what we need. Well, that and is, right now we kind of need those big names. Yeah, that is true. And the way we're looking now, where we stand today with our final four, we're not really seeing anybody new, you know what I mean? I think for me, Zach is the now the most exciting candidate to win it. Um, just even though he's won New Japan Cup before, just because I'd love to see him in title contention. But we've seen Okada in matches very recently with both Shingo and Naito. So I think yeah. I'd like just something yeah. fresh there. Well, let's not talk about the final four just yet. Sorry, I'm getting excited. Because, okay, keep going. Because our other quarterfinal match of the evening was Shima losing to Kazuchika Okada via the Rainmaker after about 20 minutes and 50 seconds. And uh, yeah, this one was basically exactly what I expected it to be. Um, I, I've i really thought that Shima's had a really good run. I know that you're not super into it, but uh, as far as like selling selling the Strong Hearts, I think he's done a really great job. I can't wait to ha- see what they can do. You know, if they have a, a big show coming up, I think they have a big show coming up this weekend that the Strong Hearts, all three of them are going to be in. I'm into it. I'm into it. And it seems like maybe there's a certain title that three people might be able to hold together. I don't know. I, I'm not going to say the Strong Hearts need the Never Six Man belts, but it would be really cool to see. Will not hurt. It will not hurt. Um. It, oh, it's worth noting as well, just quickly before we're all the way out of this side of the block, uh, a commentary point that I only just remembered when Cobb beat Yoshihashi, uh, they they made big mention of the fact that he had just pinned one half of the tag team champions as yeah. well. Yeah. So it looks like they're lining up uh, Undisputed Era for that. Now, my personal choice would be Hanare and Cobb together would be yes but it'll probably be okan and cobb i would say i mean really pick your poison there you could take and i I believe it was kevin kelly mentioned something about a free bird rule have all three of them just cycle in and out with the free bird rule that would 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 be be sick that would be really cool i would have whoever's whoever's in the country even four of them like you could have osprey come in and out as well so sure how it is so yeah sure anyway that would whoever's in the country man Mm -hmm. whoever's in the country from the united empire just holds that belt holds it down you know that way if it's if it's hanari has to go back to new zealand he's got to stay there it's okay we got Cobb. it's cool yeah. like that would be a really totally cool thing fun. you don't yeah. see in new japan no it, it would be cool and be different um as far as the okada shima match goes it was a bit of like i knew there was no way he was gonna beat him and try to be present with it but i didn't terribly care so uh it was fine uh, it was it was good. I thought I liked that they showed each other a lot of respect at the end of the match. I thought that was sweet. But definitely, yeah, yeah. it was really cool to see. Uh, Okada was pulling out a lot of uh, a lot of his like 
Yave like submission maneuvers and things like that it was pretty neat. Uh, yeah, entertaining match. Um, I went shorts on this for sure. The Naito and Jeff Cobb match was definitely a, my my favorite match of the night, but I thought both of them really delivered. Yeah, I could I could give it a a shorts. I think uh, like yeah, both both would be good. Nobody's going to be sad about either match. That's for sure. And the next night that we're looking at is Monday, March twenty first in Niigata at the Aure. Naga Nagaoka Naga not going to pronounce this right that's for sure and um the first match that we had for that was Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Will Ospreay via Selected Technical Works Volume 2 and advancing to the semifinals is Zack Sabre Jr. this match had a bit of controversy in it it's a bit of a pro wrestling work and uh it was really right. fun these guys have such great chemistry such like a uh, dickhead the, uh englishman like fighting energy <laughs> was, all right come on then so dickhead good. like all that kind of stuff like, oh i'm billy no bro say yeah. uh, my my wife and my wife and i were watching this live and this uh the spot where they sat down on their asses and start kicking each other in the chest that's like now a, <laughs> now a, a meme basically people are like me and my little brother in the back car seat on the way to yeah that's like, exactly <laughs> that's what my wife said she goes oh this is this reminds me of taking a trip down to the shore with my sister yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so great they're so petty like with each other um yeah, oh, it, it was it. it was a really fun match and like yeah like you said a great controversial ending that then will is able to not lose and carry on and feel hard done by but then people are also like stop whinging and yeah it's perfect it's uh yeah he's going to go into his match in chicago with moxley with a chip on his shoulder and uh-huh. i liked it when will wrestles with a chip on his shoulder it's awesome yeah exactly so now that was awesome and i felt like the right dude won as well i think it was the most interesting yep. turn of events super shorts for that one and yeah, uh i mean like short shorts like yeah John Stockton NBA shorts, like super short like shorts, short shorts, kind of Ooh. denim shorts in the water, kind of Daisy Simpsons, Dukes, yeah, yeah scenario. <laughs> and uh, next up, we had Shingo Takagi beating Hiromu Takahashi in an all Lij battle via Last of the Dragon after twenty three minutes and forty three seconds. Both of these matches just fucking ruled. They were so good. Oh, great! Hiromu just being like such a little prick i guess like again it was like kind of little brother energy where it felt like a big brother fighting a little brother and he's just like so mean and like nasty and just attacking it's just like a little pit bull uh it was yeah it was really good like i would have liked a a haroma upset here but it wouldn't have made sense like it had to be shingo at that point Uh, yeah it's i mean haromu can beat he can beat heavyweights but he can't he, beat all the yet, heavyweights. He can't beat the the, yet, the yeah. former he world champion. He shouldn't be the former world yeah. champion. Yeah, yeah. I I see why it happened. Still would have been cool. Yeah, like I get the logic in it, and that's one that's one thing about New Japan. It's always logical booking. Yeah. Um, so now we've got our we've got our final four: Zack Saber Jr. and Shingo Takagi, and on the other side of the block. Okada and Naito and when we talk about logical booking you know I just I just mentioned it there's no real upsets here I mean maybe you could say that 
Zach over Will is, but no, they've got history together. They know how to, they know how to go. The idea that new Japan is starting, it's on the comeback trail, right? And maybe now is not the time to rest on trying to make a new star. You know, they tried to make new stars with evil uh, at the start of pandemic at the start of the pandemic, because they were playing with house money. They were only going to be selling so many tickets for so many events. Anyway, you might as well just throw shit at the wall and see what sticks. Then they, they saw that so many people were getting hurt and things like that. And that people were really responding to Shingo. So they said, you know, fuck it. We're going to make a new star of Shingo and see what he can do. We might as well. And that's cool. But now, like you said, we're on the comeback trail. We're going to put the belt on Okada. We're going to let him lead for a while. This is what they needed to do. And this new Japan cup, they were like, man, fuck it. We're just going to Mount Rushmore it. We're going to take the four best workers in the company and we're going to, we're going to see what they can do. And maybe they're not the four best workers in the company, but there's some of the best. There's some of the biggest names and it's the most logical thing that they possibly could have done right now. It may not be the sexiest thing, but it's the most logical thing. Things like Naito and Okada are going to pop a huge house for Osaka Joe Hall. You know, Okada and, you know, if, if it's Naito and Saber, that'll, that'll be a good house. I mean, like, really, there's four, four matches we could have here. And they're, they're all really good. Yeah. Well, well let's, uh, as we, like, before we wrap up here, Let's just break down these last matches and, and how we sort of think it's going to go. And then when we next come back on the next episode of Okada Shorts, we'll be able to talk about the, these matches and then talk about the finals. Um, there's, a, there's a few scenarios to sort of play out here, and I think they're all interesting. Um, yep. Immediately I go for like the sexier kind of things I haven't seen before, but there's still stories to be told. So uh, first up, I guess... Like you say, Naito and Okada is never going to be bad. They just had a completely banger match. They could just do them forever. And they could very well do that. They could go, okay, Naito gets a flash pin sort of roll up on Okada, gets through the finals, then it leads to, like, you know, another title conflict wherein, you know, they have another banger match and you can just have them headline shows forever. Uh, On the other side of the bracket, you've got Zack versus Shingo. And both of them pose interesting uh, candidates as well. Shingo is the former champion. Never heard, you know that it's going to be a banger match and it keeps him in the conversation and that's never bad. And then Zach is obviously a technical wizard. And so whatever, I'm really interested just in Shingo and Zach just even in a match with those two together is going to be great. But uh, Zach versus Okada has proven to be really good in the past. And then I guess there's the the last option where Okada just wins everything. So he's got the title and he's got the New Japan Cup and I guess he just picks himself an opponent. I have a conspiracy theory on that. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. So so it's 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 not with the New Japan Cup, it's not just like I get to challenge for whatever title I want. It's it's like I get to do whatever I want. Okay. So he's going to win the cup and he's going to say, gee, you know what? I sure wish crowds could cheer again. And that's, that's how they bring back the cheering crowds. Oh, just wishes away COVID on the new Japan cup. He rubs the lamp and COVID goes away. 
Well, I, I, I think the timeline's lining up because they're, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi's already, you know, in that segment uh, where he was crying because that little girl couldn't give him a hug and things like that. Yeah. And I mean, J- Japan's starting to open up again and maybe the restrictions are easing. Well, as the last person that hugged Hiroshi Tanahashi live before COVID broke out, uh, I know how much I've missed it, and I know how warm a hug he gives. So I know it's been taking its toll on him, and, Brag. and yeah, and and on the crowd. So yeah, I I've, I don't really know where I'm going on this. I just wanted to to talk about that again. But uh, podcast yeah. listener, you'll you'll notice that Rafe will work this into every episode. <laughs> As you know, I hugged Hiroshi Tanahashi. Yeah, well, actually, Hiroshi Tanahashi hugged me. This is a very different, oh well. That's a very There's, different. That's a, that's a big difference. It is. That's it a is. distinction I would make. But so I, I love that, and then so that would be that would actually be really cool and a really sweet, very Japanese thing to do. If they don't do that, if Okada wins and he's going to pick a match for himself, what would you have him pick? Would you have him go after another title because he wants to have? multiple or do you would you just pick like a dream opponent for him probably just a dream opponent for him i he's never given half a shit about any other title that's not his world title i just had an idea oh hit hit me let's go picks a dream opponent to challenge for his title he's not interested in other titles he just wants his his title and so he's like i just want to put on a great show for the fans american dragon Daniel Bryan. Oh, man, wouldn't that be great? I'll see you as Dominion. Luthez. <laughs> you know, yeah. Luthez, raise him from the grave with necromancy. But, yeah, something like that, you know, like a, a crossover dream match. Kaito Kiyomiya from uh, Noah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he already beat him. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but, all, I mean, all Japan's coming up. I don't know. So, oh, oh man, Okada versus Jake Lee would be really good. Yeah, the, the, oh. there's options there. So, so maybe a lot of people would say, "Oh, the champion just winning it isn't interesting," but they can make it interesting. So that could be cool. I think all all four of these are interesting, and I'm not as interested in Naito winning it because we just saw him challenge, but just it was a great it. match. Yeah. Um, I feel, I feel like challenge. that's the most predictable outcome. Naito roll yeah. up on Okada and then Naito wins everything and then they it's another Okada Naito match uh, at the next. is it Dominion where he defends it the the next big event uh, that he would be that is uh, yeah probably because that is the next big probably. event coming and up so that would be a huge headliner for Dominion they kind of did the 50th anniversary thing the crowds are starting to you know pick back up maybe there's cheering involved and so maybe another Naito defense isn't the worst thing in the world um do you think because naito's run sort of got cut short a little bit by covid and stuff do you think there is the potential for the title to flip again so soon um how many people would he have defended it against will and then naito right and then uh didn't he defend it against no, he didn't defend it against but, Destiny. I mean, he, he might throw in another title defense too before then. You know what I mean? Hey, Tai Chi, I liked fighting you. Let's just have a match. Like, you know, he might. Yeah, let's have a match at, at the next road to whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe. And then and then lose it to Naito at Dominion. 
it's a it's a definite possibility. This is uh, a new I title, think- you know, like with this new world title, I feel like they're looking to run it differently than they used to the IWGP uh you know, heavyweight title. That had become such like a staunch legacy that it felt like it couldn't go to just anybody. You know, it felt like you have to be the guy and and that's the only way you could ever have it. And But now yeah. this new one kind of feels like it could maybe fly around a little bit more than they have in the past. Maybe a little bit more than it has in the past, but I, I don't think they're going to do that, and I'll explain why. They put the belt on Shingo to get stability, right? Because it went from... You mean Okada? No, no, they put it on Shingo. Oh, oh you mean, yeah. When, when, when yeah, Will okay, got yeah, injured, yeah, because yeah, you know, Kota yeah, lost it. Will got injured, and they were like, "Okay, people hate the belt." Then Coda got Coda loses it. Then Will gets injured. We need stability right now, and they put the belt on Shingo, and it made the belt. You know, Shingo held the belt for what six months. You know, he ran through a G one with it. He probably wasn't supposed to run through a G one with it, but he ended up doing that, and that kind of settled everything down. I think they're not going to start the the very next person start flinging it around every you know every three to six months. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I think uh, Okada's next defense, he defends. But, uh, but yeah, there's always the possibility there, you know, that they're... There's possibility. Keeping, keeping there's a definite spot. possibility of, of three defense, three yeah. defenses, pretty good. And, I mean, out of those candidates, if he was going to potentially drop it to anybody, it would be Naito because he's another rock-solid choice to hold it. You know, like the guys... Yeah. The, Biggest merch seller in the company, LIJ is huge. He's huge. You know, it's not a bad move for him to have it. Yeah, uh, I I would love to see it go to Zach though. That's that's oh. one thing that we could do with a new belt is, you know, you can start putting it on people you wouldn't normally think about. See, that's a, uh, that's know, an exciting it, turn of events. Some Zach, you know, bullshit or whatever, and manages to eke it out and escape with the belt is very exciting to me. That's. And then, and then we rename it Saber Goon. <laughs> oh, bitch. Oh, okay. Now we're getting somewhere. That's, that's really good. That's money. Yeah, that's, that's money. Rebuild the faction. Saber Goon is money. Take all my British pound sterling right now. Yeah, man. Imagine that. Wins the title. He's in the ring. Suzuki Goon all come down to celebrate with him. He's got the title. And then, you know, Suzuki, uh, and he goes, uh, you know, respect or whatever. He goes, oh, thanks, Suzuki. I've really appreciated your respect, dickhead. Tai Chi. And, and fucking just gives him the nod and just pumping bomber to the back of the fucking head. Doki Gives him the that pipe. sweet sumo, sumo yeah. chop thing he does. And they just fucking stomp his ass out and rename it uh, Saber Gun right there. That would I'm be into it. Fucking badass. I'm so fucking into it. A little it, bit man. of fantasy booking to end the podcast. That is awesome, man. Now that is killer. That's the way it. it goes. I love it, man. Uh, tell the people where to find you. Let's wrap this bad boy up, and we'll reconvene after the New Japan Cup. Right on. Well, you can find me on Instagram at eldestructo83. Same as my Twitter, eldestructo83. Uh, you can listen to me on. I've got two other podcasts, another wrestling centric podcast called the smart foundation, where we talk about retro wrestling and things like that. 
we also have the throw and dice podcast for all of your nerd needs like uh, D and role playing tabletop wargaming warhammer that sort of thing uh, you can find those wherever you find this beautiful podcast available on all of your podcatchers of choice and um, you know really find me wherever you want talk to me I don't give a shit it's awesome I don't like to argue with people online so I'll probably just agree with you if you're being a shithead but it's fun there you go Absolutely. It's all about conversation, man. Uh, as for me, you can find me at Faces Feels Cast, uh, my interview podcast, Faces and Feels. I've released my 100th episode with the mighty deathmatch wrestler known only as Slack, public enemy Slack. number one. Uh, so that episode is banging away on any podcast feed you can get to. So please feel free to have a listen to that. He's a very, very entertaining man with an amazing voice. Um, as far as that, support all Curtis's stuff. Uh, check out all our different links. Check out all the shows on Countout. And until then, for, for Curtis, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm doing the fucking sign off, man. What's up? You got you got one more. We need to shout out Who the fuck? your boy Owen. Oh, and riff your pod. Oh, you are absolutely right. I almost forgot about Owen. Much like a you can't forget about Owen. Like Owen's in my tr- boy stable now. Like, like a true. Good friend of 10 years. I completely forgot he exists. But shout out to at Riff Your Pod or Riff Your Pod at bandcamp.com. Owen made the Okada, Okada Shorts theme that you hear at the start of this show. Uh, he also has just written a new theme for Throw and Dice Pod for Curtis. Uh, and if you have a podcast or anything that you need music for, if you're a wrestler that needs an entrance theme even, uh, Hit him up. He turned around our themes in like a week each. The guy's like an absolute demon. Uh, he's a great guitarist, great vocalist. Um, Ash Large, who used to be the drummer for my band Discord, uh, drums in the band Claim the Throne. Uh, many, many bands, very talented, has now moved down south where Owen lives as well. So on Throw and Dice pod, that's actually live drums performed by Ash, who's an amazing drummer. Uh, so... You know, these guys play everything, they do everything, and they can just put this stuff together for you. So, And they are, they are so willing to work with you on any sort of uh, issues that you have, uh, any suggestions and things like that. They're very open, really cool to talk to Ash and, and just r- bounce ideas off of him and see what he came up with, man. The dude is super cool. Yeah, exactly right. So make sure you check out Riff Your Pod. Okay, so for Curtis and for me, Rafe, keep it right. Keep it tight and keep it short. Peace. Keep it short, baby. Peace. This has been a Count Out Podcast.